do 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 switch mania playcast welcome to episode eight of the switch mania playcast hello hello <laughs> oh lord another crazy crazy week of the switch it like always never, never ever gets calm i swear i swear it does <laughs> it's it's been getting busier and busier and i thought after e3 it would slow down just a little bit and nope not at all never gonna happen man never gonna happen <laughs> and that's a testament like... to the switch it's doing that well I just I think that things are just gonna continually spit fire and continue to get out of control until uh, until we explode from awesomeness. I don't know. I don't know. There's really nothing happening. It like I don't see any kind of bad situation except for us not being able to afford things physically. Like yeah, that's about it. <laughs> No, they they're firing on all cylinders. They're doing well. They have they have a strong lineup coming into the summer now. And I don't know, E3 kind of. I mean, I feel everyone was already like charged and excited for the Switch, but E3 just supercharged it. And just every, I mean, almost every day there's new announcements. It's not even like you know once a week there's one big announcement. It's like every day there's another company announcing a game, whether it's digital or physical or both or just something. And it's just it's amazing. That's just not stopping. And the irony and the craziness is when we say they, it's completely insane because it's not only first party, but third party and limited companies and like Kickstarters and guys and like, it's just nonstop craziness at all times. It's pretty awesome though. It is. Um, All right. So let's start off with our housekeeping. Um, what kind of feedback do we have from last week's episode? I know we had a, a bunch, but yeah, like, what, I, were, what were you able to collect for us? <laughs> from last week's episode? Mm-hmm. That's where we start. Uh, yeah, typically the usual. I mean, I get a lot of feedback now just saying that the, the episode was enjoyable. They like the new format of putting the, the game review discussion in the beginning mm-hmm. uh, because some people do do tune in for that hopefully they do stay for all the other good information that we share but i think the new format worked out well and i, I really enjoyed it because you know we it's Switchmania playcast we're playing a game each week so it's nice that we take the time to talk about it in the beginning um not that we're ever rushed because we make our own schedule but it's good to talk about it early on so we can really kind of just um dedicate a lot of time to it as much as we want and then we talk about you know what we bought and, and things like that that may or may not be of interest to people but it's the game that i think everybody likes to listen about what our thoughts were what our feedback was our recommendation so i did see a lot of that and yeah we're gonna continue that until somebody gives us more feedback <laughs> well even if they do like i i like front loading the game because it makes it the initial priority while we have all of our energy at the beginning all crazy right. Pop full of caffeine. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And as as always, we always appreciate any ratings uh, and everybody who shares the podcast. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. Uh, Anything else you want for housekeeping that you have on your side? No. No, nothing nothing on mine. All right. And we still are are waiting for people to submit uh, their version of the uh, Switch Mania Playcast uh, intro. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, and I will say I have two contests going on now. That's gonna they're going to end tomorrow and Friday, and then in the very next contest will officially be on social media. The Switchmania Playcast giveaway. Nice. So there's so that's everybody still has their chance to come in early. And you know we may like your jingle better than somebody else, but if you wait, it's free range for everybody else. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm gonna submit a jingle and I'm gonna win. There you go. I'm just gonna go. <laughs> do, 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 switch Mania Playcast. There you go. I'm I'm in first place now. See that? <laughs> See that, everybody? Got to beat that. That's how easy it is. <laughs> like literally. dethrone him, people. <laughs> like dethrone me. Everybody can do better than that. Come on now. <laughs> oh, ridiculousness! Gotta love it. <laughs> I have no shame though, so there's that. No, that's okay. Always no shame. Um, so let's jump right into the uh, game of the episode. Sure. It's perfect, perfect. Uh, so this week we played Yoku's Island Express. Uh, it is developed by Via Gorilla, or Via Gorilla maybe, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, published by Team 17 uh, and programmed by Jens Andersen. And the artist was Matthias Snig. Uh, composer was Jesse Harland. Uh, released on multiple platforms, originally 2018. Um, and it was released for the Switch, Windows, PS4, Xbox One, and of course we're going to be covering the Switch version. Yes! Oh yeah. Um, this is a weird, weird game, which is exactly why I picked it. It is a platformer with pinball and adventuring and metroidvania and like all the craziness all um incorporated into one um in yoku's and it works yeah it does uh (laughs) in yoku's island express you can troll a dung beetle (laughs) and the dung beetle becomes a postmaster for a fictional island uh, Makumana is what the island's called. There's always tons of signs that point you to Makumana. Um, and you're tasked <laughs> with saving the island from a looming calamity. Um, there's like a giant deity figure that's infected and you have to like save his life. Um, it's crazy because it's like side scrolling. There's not, it says platformer, but you don't jump. Um, there's really no jumping. You just have the, the flippers of the pinball and parts of the world that's like the left trigger and the right trigger for pinball will right. propel your character that pushes around a ball. So that's your platform is actually like like manipulated with the pinball paddles, the flippers, to push you around. And mm-hmm. it works surprisingly well. Like, it's ridiculous. And I think my favorite part is that you it's like relaxing. There's really no... Yes penalty you really can't die if you um fall down the middle too much like little cutscenes happen and mm-hmm. baddies get unleashed i think eventually it stops though because i eventually it did I, yeah yeah i i definitely fell through those uh those parts a lot and then it would cut to the scene uh i don't know if i want to spoil it but yeah uh, after we'll spo- a while we spoil stopped. everything people <laughs> oh no i didn't even finish the game yet we spoil everything people <laughs> So so JP just already jumped to the next section. How far did we get, JP? So <laughs> he just so, jumped the gun. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just so excited to talk about this game. I so what's nice about this one is it, it has a progression tracker uh, in the game itself, so a percentage. So I, I just looked. I'm at 56 percent completion. 
I I've played for about 13 hours, and I know I've I've heard a lot of people say the game is not that long. I think for me, the reason it's taking a long time is I don't play a lot of Metroidvania type games, and truth be told, I play a lot with strategy guides when I play role playing games and whatnot. But ever since we started the playcast, every game I've been you know playing on its own, trying to just explore the game without looking up any hints. And with this one, I think I only looked up one thing because there was a, I would say there was a mistype in the directions in the game itself, and I can get into that. But for the most part, I've been just exploring the game and just taking my time with it. And yeah, it's, I'm loving it, but I haven't beaten it yet. My goal is before uh, next week, or actually before we start the next game, which we'll get into later, mm-hmm. my goal is to beat it this week. So I've got two more days, and I think I can do it because I, I know where I'm at in the game, and I know I'm nearing the end of the main story, so I, I at least want to finish that. Where are you actually at right now in the game? Yes. So what happened was, so you know what, how you have to section? kind of... Bring, yeah. Yeah. So I went a little bit out of order, and it's open world, so you technically can, for the most part, go in certain directions once you unlock power-ups but what happened was i had a problem finding the um the screeches underneath mm-hmm. and so i ended up going to the snow-capped mountains and doing that story arc or storyline mm-hmm. um and so now i'm headed back and i'm at the screech level so it's the final i guess leader of the islands uh that i have to recruit and come back to help us so I'm in that process right now. So I think I'm nearing the end of the main story. So after you do the snow-capped mountains, you have to go really high, though, right? All the way to the Oh, yeah. Top. Oh, yeah. The tippy, that, that was fun. <laughs> tippy, tippy top. Yeah. So um, so I was able to beat it. Um, I played about five and a half hours, six hours, and I beat it. Um, I'm not sure because I know, like, typically with the Switch, when I get a new game, and I got this game a while ago, I play for, like, 30, 45 minutes just to get a feel, and then I never touch it again, which is why we're doing the playcast. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, so we could beat stuff and give it a week. Um, so, so I don't know how long I played it beforehand, but I want to say I'm under the, definitely under the seven hour mark and beating it. Um, mm-hmm. I do not use guides or anything online. Um, and so just running through the game was extremely fun, really straightforward. I think I just happened on the right paths at certain parts, and I got the mm-hmm. correct power-ups. And the thing is, is like you mentioned in the Screech, which is that little guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, the little the little guy that, um, and then once you get him, you can like propel around flowers. Is that the Screech? No, I, no, so I have that. It was, um. What is the Screech? Have it. Explain it then. Yeah. Yeah, you I'm gonna try my best. Name. You might have your own name for it too. I don't know. No, no, I, I looked it up because I'm very bad with names. Oh, see, I didn't look fictional or up. real. But I'm at the part where you have to. Oh, how do I explain this? Do you... I'm very bad at this. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let me think off the top of my head. So you're you're underwater, and yep. you kind of have to break off into four different sections to free. Like the imprisoned, I don't know if they're like uh, guards or whatnot. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's where I am right now. So you're that's able to I swim can. underwater? Yeah, so I got the dive fish. I have the soothing leash. I can, yeah, I mean, I I was so happy when I finally could go underwater because I felt like it opened up like a whole new mechanic to the game for me because up until that point, you know, you're kind of rolling back and forth and there's only so much you can do and you're passing so many things that you can't reach yet or you know 
like, oh, there's got to be a way to get underwater or get to that treasure chest or whatnot. And once I got the dive fish, to me, like, the whole game just really opened up. And that was the first, like, pivotal moment because I, I went all the way back to the beginning of the island and I started going underneath everything. I started trying to unlock extra flippers uh, to get to new areas. Then when I got the the soothing leash, I think, is the one where you can spin around the flowers. Okay, and that, that's me, the leash. Okay. Yeah. And then to me, that was just made it more enjoyable. And then when you finally get the ability to like propel yourself or fast forward yourself in uh, through the island with the barrels, like the yeah. transportation system, to me, that game just like it was fun already, but it became so much more fun because at that point you have the ability to pretty much go anywhere in the island. And now I could really start kind of collecting collecting the missing items that i wanted to go for so and it so was you're mentioning two things here too which is awesome is that number one seeing things right out of reach that you want that's a metroidvania trope like having an item that you see underwater they're like damn i can't get there right now you know you have uh-huh. to come back and then the quick travel that's what those cannons you're talking about yes. there's uh three different pathways yeah and once you unlock them which costs like 80 or 120 um of the little little thingies um mm-hmm. it allows you to quick travel around uh the whole world really fast um and you can oh, yeah. drop down as you're going from cannon to cannon to find more unlockables and it just yep. it opens it up completely and I mean, it's just one of those things where there's lots of stuff just out of reach. Uh, the best mm-hmm. part is, is that after you beat the game, you can continue after, and it says, "Oh, now you, now that you've saved the island, now you can go around and collect everything else." <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like, it literally, like, I beat it. I didn't check my percentage afterward, which I probably should have, but um, I can now go back and continue to just casually play and unlock because I haven't gotten all of the um, colors. The bobbles, as yep. they call them, the little colored yep. balls. Um, I only got a couple. I did get the bumblebee finally, um, which allows you to deliver a package. Oh, um, you, okay. So it is. So so that is one of the balls then. No, it's a combo of two colors. Oh, you get to combo okay. colors. Like, like you combo a couple colors, it'll turn into like a strawberry or um, like one of the colors is a rainbow, and you combine it with another one, and then it turns into a bumblebee. And it's like oh, oh. yeah, it's yeah. Like, see, I got like I got to that bumblebee, and I'm like. They're like, oh, you need a bumblebee suit. And I'm just like, ah, I haven't found that yet. And even now, when I can go around the whole island, there's still these areas where I just have no idea how to get to. So I don't know if there's additional power-ups that I'm going to find or, nope. or what. But okay. No, nope, so it sounds gotta to be me like you have it. What is the screech that you're talking about? What is that? Is that the name that's, of something? Because that's yeah, I thought, I thought that was the villain. Or not the villain, but like the Oh, it's the name of a guy. character. Okay. Um, yeah. So, okay, that's fine. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know if you've gotten to the end yet, so I don't want to spoil the end boss is a little bit of a reveal, which is pretty cool. Mm. Um, pretty cool reveal, like a little something you would not expect. (laughs) Yeah, I know there's a screech boss fight, so that's what I'm hopefully going to get to tonight. And then I think after that, I want to say I'm, I'm probably at the getting to the final boss pretty close to that. Yeah, the final boss is a little 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 secret, little special thing. So that's pretty cool. Um, nice. I, I actually won't spoil that for for those. Okay, guys. good. Um, but yeah, it's it's really cool. Uh, let's see what I wrote in my notes as I was playing because I always write down little thoughts. Metroidvania pinball, uh, relaxing and exploration with tight controls. So the one thing that I really love is that 
when you're playing pinball, it's all about the placement of the ball on the paddle to be able to control and drive the shot of the ball to where you mm-hmm. want it, right? So you want to hit a certain ramp or you want to hit a certain certain uh, light-up bonus or something like that. Um, it's really hard to control on real pinball uh, when you're playing on a, on a table until you get to know that table. Um, mm-hmm. What I love about this is it completely opens it up to casual pinball players is that the paddles light up as the ball's going down them so it lights up so you can know exactly where you want to hit the ball so there's like five to six spots on each paddle that will drive the ball um to certain points on the field on each play field and Mm -hmm. so like you can go if you want to get all the way near the edge you can wait till the light hits and then you hit it and it's like perfectly timed every time um and I do like that some of them, like you, you hit the left, say, say you hit the flipper and there's like a little circle on the play field and mm-hmm. it lights up as it rotates around. Well, you can easily see that and rotate it around as the ball hits it and it gets tons of like the, the um, currency, which is basically fruit and stuff. Is fruit, what, yeah. Is what all the currency is. I mentioned earlier it was like thingies. It's, it's fruit. Um. <laughs> Did you ever have an issue of, of running out no. of fruit? No. See, I... I did. I would unlock the um, the transportation platforms, which were like a hundred fruit, and then I would get to an area that had like three locked paddles, mm-hmm. and each one was like thirty fruit or eighty fruit. And I ran out a lot of times, and I think that's why it took me a while because I'd have to go back to an area where you could play pinball to to un- to like open up more of the fruit to collect. So I but, literally yeah, I, would like find myself just sitting in those pinball areas and just uh-huh. clearing out all the fruit. Every time. Yeah. So I would like have nothing and then I would go clear out all the fruit, then go along and unlock. Every time I came across them and I had fruit, I'd unlock it. And then I right. and then I continue on. And even after getting the there's one where you can like find out where all the treasure chests are. There's a guy yes. who does that and he takes like your max fruit Three. that I had at the time. Um yeah. it's like three hundred or something. Um you get mm-hmm. more. I, I think I'm up to four hundred or something. I haven't gotten them all yet. Oh, so- so I'm at 350 right now. Yeah. But like but I, I did that and it was like real easy to get back up to maxing out again after that. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah. It might have just been the path that I chose, which is indicative mm-hmm. of Metroidvanias is depending on the, the way you go. It's the same thing with Breath of the Wild. Depending on the way you travel determines the difficulty that it's going to be for you because um, certain paths will yield more fruit or right. more power-ups or different things like i came across a few power-ups that i know people were struggling with because after i beat the game then i go look on forums and see what people Mm -hmm. had trouble with and there was a lot of people that like missed something or one key thing and they just couldn't progress any further whereas i came across most of that and that could just be because like you know i love super metroid i love castlevania symphony of the night um, I'm a huge advocate of Metroidvania style games. You know, I played through mm-hmm. and beat Oxium Verge on the Switch. That was the first major, you know, indie game that I beat on the Switch. And mm-hmm. so, like, I kind of already scour for things, and everything's pretty obvious in this game. Um, now, the stuff where you're stuck, um, there's a way to get the things. So you have all the power-ups you need. It's that you may have to fall a little bit lower and then something shoots mm-hmm. you up. Like, there was one spot where I was trying to get, um, I think, one of the bobble colors that would 
and it ended up getting me the B, the B color. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I knew it was there because you could see on the map that there was a treasure chest up there, but I just couldn't right. get to it. I knew that's where I needed to go. And I ended up having to go like down lower. And then when I was hitting the, on the play table, it shot me up there and then I was able to, to swing around with a little leash and, oh, okay. and get up there. Um, there was another one where I had to deliver a package to a guy whose door's locked and you have to find a back door to it. And, right. And you have to like go on the the fast travel, but you have to fall down and then jump over to a side and then it shoots you over. Like one random mm-hmm. little bumper shoots you over and you pop up right to the back door. Like there's just like little tricks and little like hidden treats and some of it like you may end up having to to google if you completely get stuck or randomly stumble upon it because you really yeah. don't have infinite time now because you're on a two-day crunch now uh, i know yeah like, i mean my, my main goal right now is to beat the game i want to get to yeah. the end i know i i know i'm close enough that, that i'll be able sure. to yeah but, but my problem is when i wait too long i start forgetting the the, the control scheme so if i even when i didn't play for like a day and then i picked it up it took me like a few minutes to remember okay like this is the paddle this is what you know to pull up the map and i know if i wait too much longer i'm just gonna kind of forget how to play the game so my goal is to really go gung-ho with this and unlock as much as i can after i beat the game uh but yeah i don't know if i'll get to 100 percent, but i'm definitely gonna complete the story that's awesome yeah, yeah that's that's the thing though is that like it's cool that you can just jump right in, you know what I mean, and just yeah. get a complete and, awesome, awesome experience with the game. Yeah, and you said it best. It's a relaxing game, and the fact that you really can't die, so there's no you know X amount of lives that you have, there's no having to start all over, losing everything, it makes the game really enjoyable for me because I... I die very easily in those type of games if I don't know what I'm doing. So to be able to just kind of like traverse the island at, at my leisure. And and I really like also how the the different environments just change so quickly, right? You have like the sunny weather, you go right to rain, and then the music changes with it. And it's just very seamless. Yeah. Um, and, and it's fun to explore the island because once you kind of start knowing where you need to go, it's just fun finding like those shortcuts to get there. And yeah, I I really like that part, especially when the islands start opening up more and more for me. I I would say one thing too I'd like to touch upon is the boss battles were awesome. Like each boss battle that you fight is super fun. Um, mm-hmm. Knowing that I can't really die made it a little easier than it, it should yeah. have been, just because I knew there was really nothing I could do to die. Especially like I after I got the whole light up paddle aspect and that all clicked and that mm-hmm. you can literally juggle between paddles as the ball goes down you just hold the one paddle up and it'll juggle to the other side you can really just control everything where you're gonna shoot um it was super easy to start beating everything and like there was that the one boss that's the big the big giant guy and then you're um assisted by the three samurai and you like shooting four or five ball like multi-ball at them and See, that's what I think I'm at right now. That's the one that I'm 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 gathering like my army to help me. That's the one that I'm at right now. Okay. Yeah, that one's Wait. that one's probably my favorite battle of the game. Um the end kind of does a culmination. It's a little bit different and it took me a long time. The end one probably took me the longest to beat. Uh, the final boss, final final boss. As he's just a mm-hmm. little a little shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
Have so you, something to look forward to. Yeah, there's just it's just certain aspects that you have to do, and you have to time everything. And once you get the timing of the game down, though, like there's really nothing you can't do, which is you know perfect controls. Um, yeah, it's funny you mentioned the light up. I I know I did not notice that at all. So now when I jump back into it, I'm gonna look for that. And also the fact that I played pinball before, and I didn't even think to just hold the one flipper up to just jump over to the other side because so many times i try and like bounce it very slightly or i have to hit the ramp to have it brought back so see you just help me figure out a, a new game style well and and that is one thing to be um aware of is that most of this game you can almost just hit the ball and you'll get wherever you need to be just kind of almost randomly like you don't really have to control it the mm-hmm. end um the basically one of the final tables like you have to juggle like going from one one paddle to the other otherwise mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to do it because if you're like say you have to use the left paddle right to shoot the ball up a certain ramp right um you, once you go to the right side no matter how you hit the ball on that paddle any of the positions it'll continue to juggle to the right no matter what oh, okay. it'll just keep doing it you you i did it for like 10 minutes i'm like what the <laughs> hell and i thought about my oh yep just pop it up i popped it up it rolled to the left side and then you can easily just mm-hmm. shoot it up and um, the slugs in the game. So when you get the slugs with the little slug vacuum, um, mm-hmm. they can blow up different things and propel your ball, um, which yes. that is a way that you have to collect things that are out of reach. Like say yep. there's no way to get to it. There's no paddle. You have to use the slug to propel your ball at an angle to get like a treasure chest. There's at least one like that. Um, yeah. Now you and it's time to, too, so you have yeah. a limited amount of time before it explodes. And you have to. That's part of the end boss too. There's a. There's a. You have to utilize that. So that's what took, uh, takes so long um, to beat him. Um, did they always uh, get sucked up in the vacuum for you? Because I've had it where like I would get right to it and I would be like using the vacuum to suck up the slug, and it just wouldn't. And then like the second or third time, then it would. And I don't know if that was just on purpose or I just wasn't doing it right, but. So when you yeah. um when you get near one of the slugs, it goes into bullet time, like the Matrix, and you right. have to hit the the paddle button. You have to hit R or L, like the right. trigger to suck them in. Um, sometimes it doesn't go to bullet time, and I just would shoot right through them. Um, but most of the time, like you just have to make a cognizant hit. Sometimes I had to hit it twice, and you'll I like never really had an issue. Hmm. It was the okay. same. It was the same thing with the um the leash where you're slinging around uh, the flowers. Uh, yep. Every once in a while, like you go right by it, and it wouldn't go to the bullet time to give you time to to hit the right. um to hit the bumper again. It's the same thing that you have to do with the the slug sucker, slug sucker. <laughs> so which which one was your? Did you, did you have a favorite power up in the game? Um, I mean. They kind of all work together perfectly in tandem to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really use anything exclusively. I mean, like yeah. you were saying, I mean, that, yeah, like they're all each, required. Each power up unlocked more of the map. I think, um, you know, like you, the the water was nice, but I really liked getting the leash because I could see all of the flowers that I needed to use and start juggling, yes. and um, getting the timing down of that was was fun too. It was interesting. And like you said, I do like the fact that later on in the game, you do have the ability to purchase the uh, 
to be able to purchase items that allow you to find, to show on the map what you're missing. So like the treasure chest or the creatures. And to me, that's very helpful because I would probably never be able to find everything on my own, yeah. you know, cause some of them, I, I, I know I just stumbled by accident. Like I'd be pressing a to blow my little party horn. And then like one of those uh, creatures would just pop up, mm-hmm. but it's nice that later on in the game, if you want to go for that completion, you have the ability to just kind of buy the, the visibility of what you're missing. And then, at that point, you most likely have the entire map unlocked and the ability to travel anywhere. So it shouldn't take hopefully too long to to fill in the blanks. I so I do um, like. I definitely didn't get that power up yet. The one where it shows the, the little characters. Um, okay. Yeah, I didn't find that one yet. It's somewhere. I mean, I probably just missed it. But um, yeah, I got the treasure chest one for sure. So yeah, that you know where that was. I if I'm not mistaken, when you have to go to the like the den layer of the gang. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? Like by the desert? Yeah. In their headquarters, there was one of the uh, characters, and for like 200, I think it was like 200 wow. fruit, they would give it to you. Okay. Um. I mean, I'm a, I know where the gang is. I can just look around. Yeah, yeah, and, Like basically once I beat that mission, I didn't really search around that area too much, so I know there's stuff I missed <laughs> in that one. Um. I mean, there's still some colors that I missed, which I think the colors are just cosmetic, except for the one time you have to deliver the, uh, or do the B package one. Right. I don't know. If and at first I didn't know, I, I was going so far in the game, and I, I, I never, and I got to that part where you get to your, to your office, and then right beneath it is the, like the lab that, that makes the colors. And I felt for the longest time I wasn't finding any of those baubles. And I was going like, is this important to the game? And then finally when I unlocked, I think like the ladybug one and the green, the green like poison or fungus kind of one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's just a cosmetic kind of ball. It doesn't really do much. And so I was a little let down because I thought it was going to do something for, for the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cosmetic. Did you find the purple one? I don't think so yet. Yeah, so once you find the purple one, then do some combos. That's what's going to get you your bumblebee. You already have the oh, others, okay. so um, I don't have Good some of the other colors though. So I mean, mm-hmm. and there might be some kind of weird combination that opens one specific spot on the map. That's something this game does, and it does it well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just some random little thing that you may or may not ever figure out, and I guarantee <laughs> you, there's some kind of hidden treat in there, some kind of little Easter egg that the developers threw in that, like maybe they'll tell us about years and down the line. Like that'd be cool. Um, and speaking of like that, like there's been, there's a lot of feedback and comments from, I think we had 71 votes on the uh, poll that you posted. Like, yep, I have it open. there was a lot of people that, um, and this was the biggest one where we had almost more, we had technically we had more people that, played it or will play it this week yeah. and said no for the f- i think it's the first time like, yeah. <laughs> in a while at least in a while like so that's pretty awesome so let's go into uh user feedback sure okay so what jeffrey's referring to is i i did a poll on jp switch mania twitter on my twitter page so i said want to join in on the fun let us know if you played our upcoming game which is yoku's island express so 45% said yes, they played it, 49% said no, and 6% said we'll play this week. So let's just jump right into the feedback, which seemed to be all positive. Uh, so first is at Chaz underscore Hodges. He said, not played as much as I would like, but it's a surprising marriage of pinball and Metrovania map exploration, an almost entirely new hybrid genre. Adorable visuals too. Then at 
Cyrix SG said, oh, I have played it. Delightful game. Then Phoenix Claus said, I have played it some time ago. Honestly, it's one of the few games I've completed 100% on the Switch so far. Love the pinball mechanics and wish there was more. I would love a sequel or another game that expands on the mechanics. I will have to replay it again someday. Then also, uh, oh, Hagen's Alley <laughs> said, I easily put in five to six hours Saturday morning so I can see where the time gets away. That yeah, was just then, Saturday. Yep. That was, yeah. At Jur said, I need a sequel already. I never expected the Metroidvania pinball hybrid could work, but the game not only works, it's a lot of fun. Then at Lord Lamb 2 said, love this game, must have in my opinion. At Madman Kevin underscore, liked it. Traversal when going back to previously visit areas is a pain. The beelines were great but limiting as I wanted a more precise fast travel. Fun to play through, annoying to 100%. <laughs> uh, then at JGlove8 said, one of my favorite games on the Switch and one of the most unique I've played in a long time. Only wish it was longer. And then at Amfrab said, a great game. Not exactly tough but super fun. Hoping for a sequel. So thank you everybody for your feedback. What about um? Did you say the um, the Godstehor or Stajor <laughs> need a mm-hmm. sequel already? <laughs> like, I love yes. the sequel talk because like I don't even know if the developers are are listening to this. Y'all need to. You they know, will be. Y'all need to create a sequel to this game. Like this is awesome, and it doesn't have to be like Yoku's Island Express Two. Just something that utilizes these pinball mechanics. It's just rad. And you know, or it could be him going to a new island. He gets a I'm new job. I'm just thinking, like in the classic pinball awesomeness, like you got. Now we got our island pinball. Give me a medieval mm-hmm. pinball. Give me a give me a horror, you know, scary movie themed pinball. Give me uh-huh. a, you know what I mean? Like do something crazy that works within their their awesome art style and weird humor, and that was mm-hmm. that was really cool. And just like jump down that line and give us like a, a heavy metal like pinball or something. You know what I mean? Like do something yeah. something crazy that we wouldn't expect. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a a Yoku too. It could be anything, and it would. Be I think awesome. I'd like a. I think I'd like a hybrid, like, musical rhythm pinball game. Yeah, that would be amazing. Like, yeah. I'm just saying, like, with this exploration, like, that's one of the things that I think is really awesome about this generation of games is that we're starting to see developers, like, go completely insane with, like, what they can do and just getting really, really, like, talent like really out there with what they're going and so they shows like the talent that's out there right now with developers it's blows my mind yeah the, the creativity they have for this game alone i mean you you wouldn't think something like this would not only work but be enjoyable too and it it just it kind of hit the mark on everything i mean and the thing is is that like there's a couple games on the switch that are pretty like almost like hidden gems like this would be a hidden gem because mm-hmm. not everybody knows about it um it was released it was in GameStop but like not a like a whole not a whole lot of people outside of the the classic YouTubers that cover all the Switch games were were talking about this one and well, not only that but like you said it was at GameStop and it actually had delisted the new SKU I don't know how long after the game came out it was a while but they they took all their new copies even the sealed ones and put them at use. So they took the skew out for new. And, you know, at the time I said, okay, like, you know, I got the game. I looked at it. I was like, oh, interesting. I put it on the shelf. 
I probably never would have played this or thought about like what kind of game this really is. And I feel like maybe a lot of people missed out for that reason. They kind of looked at it and said, okay, huh, this, this is a weird type of game. I don't know. Fooled by good. the box art, like really, because you yeah. have the fooled by the box art back in the day where you had awesome looking box art and the game was like weird, like Atari yeah. style. Now it's like the box art almost looks like a, a shovelware game or something, and it's absolutely not. Like it's the yeah. opposite. It's an amazing game. It's like fooled by the box art. Like people stayed away from it because it just looks like a a weird weird game that just doesn't connect. And then when you play it, it's like, oh no, this is like one of the top games that's out there. Yeah. Another looking, game. Yeah, another game that I thought was really um like close to this, where it had the awesome art and it was a weird hybrid. Um, have you played Tumble Seed? No. So Tumble Seed did not get a physical. Um, it's definitely going in the Switch book because it's from the first year. But there's an arcade. Um, it's not an arcade game. It's an arcade like like pinball. Like it's a mechanical game. It's called Ice Cold mm-hmm. Beer. I don't know if you've ever played Ice Cold Beer. Um, Mm-mm. my buddy on the East coast, Rob Steiner, who, um, I've seen him at Midwest gaming classic and at uh, Magfest, And he's, he is the ice cold beer. Uh, I call him the world champion cause he's uncontested when it comes to like doing the, the yearly tournament for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, well the game, you have a metal bar and a marble falls onto the bar and you literally use the left and the right flippers or buttons and it moves the right side of the bar and the left side of the bar. And as you move the bar up, the ball goes moves with gravity along. Oh. So, so when you press it right, the ball moves to the left because of gravity. And there's holes in the beer that you have to maneuver around until you get to a lit-up hole. And then you, you go into that hole, and it um, gives you points. And then you have to go to, like, ten levels in ice-cold beer. Well, mm-hmm. Tumble Seed is a metroidvania roguelike ice cold beer and you literally are doing seeds again just like this where you're like a little dung beetle like you're using (laughs) seeds and you can get different types of seeds that have different types of abilities and when you go into different holes you can unlock different abilities and seeds and you have to defeat enemies on the board and like Mm -hmm. the thing is it's a crazy game and this that with that amount of creativity is what reminded me of Yoku's Island Express, where you have this pinball mechanic that is ridiculously crafted, and you literally have like all these different. We were mentioning like a pinball table section in Yoku. There's like 20, 30, 40 of those in the game. So you have that many pinball tables in the game. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, that's just like ridiculous. Like how, yeah, many, and, how many different games? Yeah. Like, wow. And I thought they had a very good balance to exploration and the pinball mechanic. You know, it wasn't so much in your face just jumping from one table to the next. It was more, you know, it was sections. And I really liked that because it gave you time to to just just see what was on the island itself. And, yeah, there were flippers where, like, you would have to jump across a cliff or something like that. But it wasn't to the extent with the um, with the rails and and things like that where it was true pinball that you had to get through and i really liked that because it it kind of built up each each section a little bit more because you'd have your time to just explore and then when you knew you were getting to the next um storyline or the next chapter then you knew okay now i'm going to be playing some pinball yeah and there's no real in the platforming sections there's no real like quote-unquote dead zone 
where you would right. like continually fall and and lose a ball in traditional pinball. Um, in this, it's like thorns and you get damaged. Um, mm-hmm. I I would assume that if you ran out of fruit and you got damaged, it might game over you. I never got close to being out of fruit because it does take away a little bit of fruit when that happens. Um, That's true. Yeah, and I never got to zero. Yeah, and and everybody agrees that the game was real easy. Um, yeah, and, and I don't think that was the. Um, that was the idea. They just wanted an immersive experience that you could play and enjoy, um, which they definitely knocked out of the park. Yes, they did. So, what is your rating for? Um, like, what's your recommendation? Not really rating. Yeah, recommendation. Uh, my recommendation: absolutely get this game. I I definitely think it's one that every Switch owner should own because it is it is so different. And you know, someone like me that doesn't play Metroidvania games, I mean, I really don't. I played a few of them, but that's not a game that I typically gravitate towards. I am absolutely obsessed with this game right now. And like I was saying before we started and even while we're talking is that I want to go back and finish it still because I'm so engrossed with it. And and time escapes you when you play because just that exploration, the good music, the good graphics, the fun mechanics, you just really kind of get lost in it. And, you know, the story isn't too in-depth. I mean, it's a very simple story, but I don't think that's the point of the game. It's kind of just there to guide you from one place to the next. But I I can't put this game down. I mean, I'm already thinking about, okay, as soon as we're done, I can jump on and, and keep playing some more. So I would highly recommend it. Um, and I would also say just looking online, you know, new really isn't readily available anymore. It's no. kind of now through third party. But on Amazon, there is somebody selling them between 30 and $40 new. Um, but on GameStop, they do have it used for twenty. So that's probably the best Which way to go at this point. Pretty much new because GameStop took all their new copies and made them used. Yeah, so. I think I think when the game released, it came out at thirty. So twenty bucks, not. I mean, it's absolutely worth it at that price. I I would say own it physically because I think it is going to be one of those hidden gems that years down the line people are going to be talking about this game and going like, oh, I can't find this anywhere. And it, it's a game worth owning. I mean, it's a lot of fun. So um, on my side, this is 100% a must-own for the Nintendo Switch, like without mm-hmm. a doubt. You, everybody needs to have a copy of this game. It's amazing. Um, right now. It's absolutely, like there's no reason. At $20, that's no brainer yeah. if you enjoy video games. Like this is an experience. <laughs> like if it really like is. Games, buy it. Yeah, like, I mean, there's no question. I mean, even all the reviews that are online from reviewers, the lowest they got is like an eight. Um, yeah, and that's, that's what I saw the, too. Yeah, and that's from the, the hipsters at IGN. Everybody else was at a <laughs> nine or above. So, like, the <laughs> aggregate score is only down because of the hipsters. Um, and because, I mean, my thing is, is that, like, if this game becomes obscure, like, you need to pick this game up. And um, physically, uh, it's just a normal release. I I don't even think they did art on the inside, did they, or did they? They did. Um, so I have the cover, or I have the case, and there nice. is... It, it's weird. It's, it's three-quarters inner artwork, That's and then uh, the bottom left is the limited warranty information, technical support, but the majority of the picture is is the Beatle riding, riding the pinball... Uh, and beneath him is the entire island, so it's kind of like uh, silhouetted a little bit. So they did give but us yeah. a pretty cool release then. Yeah. Um, unlike something else I'm going to talk about later. But um, sure. but yeah, like so, definitely a solid release. There's 
no reason at $20. At $40, it's still a game that people yeah. need to own. It's a harder sell at 40 just because um you know, it's available for 20 right now. Like that's the only reason. Like if yeah. it was only available for 40, I'd be saying get the game. Like right. without a doubt. But the fact that it's right now 20, get it for 20. Like that's awesome. I think I paid I want to say I paid definitely more than uh maybe like 30 or something mm-hmm. like that. I think I might have went Amazon for it. Um but I, I definitely got it later. I didn't get it at the store. Which now I I've seen it at the store use though on the on at GameStop in my little podunk town. So And now after this episode it's gonna fly off the shelves. I mean, those that are collectors that that listen, I mean, and you don't have it, you, you need it. So Yeah, it really is great. Mm-hmm. Um so our next game, we talked about it last week. It is Mar Super Mario Maker Two week. Um, that game's coming out Friday. It's what JP alluded to that he has till Friday to, to beat Yoku. Yep. Um, we are playing Mario Maker Two. Um, oh, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna dig in deep so we can do a a little experience of Mario Maker Two come next week's recording. So it's gonna be awesome. Can't wait. I loved Mario Maker One. Can't wait to see what they have in store. Um, and I'll actually create a couple levels because. Uh, I did that initially with the first Mario Maker, and then after mm-hmm. that, I just sat back and enjoyed other people's creations. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas, like, this looks even crazier, and I don't really plan on making a lot of levels, but I will for the playcast. Yeah, so. I, I plan on making one or two levels, and then I want to play the story, because there is a story mode, mm-hmm. so I do want to try that, and I also want to try the user-created levels as well. So, So that being said... Uh, when you are listeners, when you are going around in Mario Maker 2, look for Switch Mania as a level name. We're going to call all of our levels Switch Mania and something. So that way, oh, JP cool. will, I will, um, we'll call it Switch Mania. And that way, when people look for the Switch Mania levels, they'll be able to play some of our levels. And if you give us feedback on the levels, like when JP posts his poll, we'll uh, read read about what you thought of our crazy levels. Um, Absolutely. If anything goes with what you had to do on the Wii U, you do have to be able to beat it, JP, to be able to upload it. That's how the last one was. <laughs> so I made some. Oh, don't worry. Crazy I'm not that creative. Mine will be super simple. Just jump over uh, Luigi and you win. Something like that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm I don't kidding. think JP's I'll make ever played a Mario before. <laughs> I have not. Is Mario. Can you jump on Luigi? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But yeah, like and, I, and- I made a really, really difficult level on in Mario Maker. I was one of the first like hard levels for Mario Maker, and because it was an initial like the first day, and mm-hmm. I uploaded. It's called the Evil Underground, and like nobody could beat it except for. And then like the pros started to get into it, and some only a few people still to this day have cleared it for Mario Maker One. Wow, um, yeah, it's a tough level. I had to beat it to be able to do it. It was really cool. And then I created a London's level, which was literally all the power-ups, and you could go get them, and then you just walk over to the side to beat it after you play around with the power-ups. <laughs> and that one had way more positive ratings than the Evil Underground. <laughs> like, like hundreds of, of positive ratings. It was hilarious. So this, this is the one game that I watched people play because of those custom-created levels. I just remember watching this one person. I don't even know the name of the level, but on his stream, you, you know, you had a counter of how many times 
he had to restart and how long he's been playing. And it was hours that he was trying to beat this one level. <laughs> and I just remember starting to watch. And all of a sudden, before I knew it, like an hour and a half went by. And I'm just watching him play. And I go, wow, these levels are so creative. I have no idea how he's even making it past like the first platform. But yeah, it was it was intense. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward because I know a lot of people are looking forward to this. And a lot of people are eager to start building and creating again. So I can't even imagine now with the popularity of the Switch and probably more people buying this one than the first one, what we're going to be seeing now. And and the thing that I used to think was cool, at least within the last couple of weeks when Mario Maker 2, like when the release date was announced, was mm-hmm. like a lot of people were a lot of the Twitch streamers or YouTubers that play Mario Maker were doing a clear challenge where they went to all the games that have never, or all the, all the levels that have never been cleared and they're trying to mm. beat them. So they're all like oh, troll wow. levels and realize that all of the levels had to have been beaten. So there's a way. So everybody's, they're sitting there trying to, and they're just going through, there's like hundreds of levels that have never been cleared. And they're like going through, and I watched a guy clear like one or two, and it was it was really fun to watch. Again, I'm not watching the two hour ones; I'm watching like uh-huh. 15, 20 minute episodes. Yeah, but like still, it's it's really cool. And so I I'm gonna try to do a really challenging one, and then I'll probably do a couple of just like fun levels for the for mm-hmm. what I upload. But and I'm I'm having my daughter London making levels too, so I mean it'll be really fun to play. Yeah, and and I'm a little sad because well not sad, but so I. I'm buying the U.S. version, but in the U.K., in the EU, they have a a special stylus pen that's available with pre-orders from certain websites, and we're not getting that stylus here. And I think that'd be really cool playing handheld, just having the official Mario Nintendo stylus. But then also, they're getting a steelbook, and we're not getting that either. So they're getting some good goodies with, uh, with this game. Lucky them. (laughs) And <laughs> everybody always gets awesome stuff, and uh-huh. JP will procure, procure it somehow. That's oh, don't worry. It, it's on its way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So he already <laughs> has them on his way, but... I'll show it when it comes in. It'll be super cool. Um, yeah. So speaking of that, let's go into pickups. Sure. Um, I had a heavy week of pickups this week. Actually, I got a couple games in today. So I actually have four this week, which okay, I know you probably... Okay, you're moving on have, up. You have, like, probably 100, but um, I have four. Um, So for me... Um, the first thing that I was able to get, um, got it for my daughter. Um, finally got her little friends. Oh, so, nice. So last, the last time, uh, when the game was released, she was, uh, misbehaving at the mall, so she didn't get it. Um, <laughs> now she was being good. We did daddy daughter, um, night on Friday and she asked if she could get it. And I was like, she was being awesome. So I was like, yeah. And so she played it a little bit. She couldn't figure out how to get another pet though. We were trying to figure that out. So she's playing with her poodle. Um, I think you have to get, like, a friendship level. It's almost like an RPG. I think you have to get your friendship level up enough, and then maybe you can get another pet or a cat or something. She wanted to get a cat, too, and she couldn't. So it'll she'll have to play it more to figure it out. Um, so Little Friends was the, was the first one. Um, mm-hmm. And then today um, I got in, finally got in my NES version of Curse of the Moon. Um, nice. And the cool thing about that is I got the LE with the uh, the NES box, and mm-hmm. I took it out and compared it and took a picture with all my Capcom NES boxes that I have in my shrine. I took them all off and, and did a shrine because it's exactly the same size. And the best part is is it fits in my NES box protectors. So, yes, um, I'm happy about that. And it's slightly smaller 
than the NES box because the sleeve that goes over the box for for uh, Curse of the Moon, um, right? The sleeve is actually the exact size of an NES box. So with the sleeve, it fits perfectly in the box protector. Um, of course, I took my picture without the sleeve on it, so that way it like matches the NES games like perfectly. It was pretty funny. And I I, I have uh, Castlevania two. I don't have one or I haven't found Castlevania one or Castlevania three because. As I go around to conventions and flea markets and game stores, if I find a, a game that can replace a game on my NES wall, I pick it up. And so far, um, with Konami games, I have Contra, Super C, Castlevania 2, Life Force, Jackal. Um, so, and they all have the exact same silver background that Bloodstained has. So mm-hmm. it's, it all goes perfectly in tandem. And of course, it's the awesome artwork from the legendary konami artist that went on this limited edition unlike the art that they got at best buy this artwork is done by a classic konami artist so like it's a it's a piece of history which is awesome yeah they did a phenomenal job with that that classic edition Mm -hmm. um and of course because i i had to wait so long to get curse of the moon because (laughs) i had it shipped with toe jam and earl and i got toe jam and earl in today oh Um, nice which goes perfectly with my limited uh, edition um, Genesis box. That's the black Genesis box version mm-hmm. that they that they released at the uh, at the games convention earlier in the year. Um, actually, John Riggs picked that up for me. How you feeling, Riggs? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he picked it up for me an extra copy. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was awesome of him. Um, so I actually have that displayed uh, with my with my Nintendo Switch collection instead of the. Because I didn't get the the limited version that they released on limited run games, they mm-hmm. they did a red Genesis box. I didn't really like that one because of how it was formatted. It was just a big red banner that kind of didn't work for me. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's Genesis games that have the red banner. There was just something about the text. It might have just been the font they used. I don't know. It just didn't pop to me. Um, whereas the original release looks awesome, and it says limited run on it too, and it looks cool. So I don't know if I'm just old fuddy-duddy and like my original Genesis (laughs) style or if there's just something that I'm not seeing. Maybe the listeners are, too. I don't know. Um, So that's – I haven't played Toe Jam and Earl yet. I played Curse of the Moon because I got it um, as a backer of the Kickstarter. I got a digital copy a while ago. So I've been Mm -hmm. playing it. But but I haven't played Toe Jam and Earl yet because I have been – since I beat Yoku, I've been immersed in my fourth game. Which is the other bloodstained ritual tonight. <laughs> I got in my backer copy with the the slipcase, um, and I mentioned earlier about chintzing on the inside in the game that I'm going to talk about. Bloodstained has nothing on the inside of the daggone cover. Like, yeah, like, why that's a shame. are you gonna like? I've waited since my daughter was two before the switch was a thing. I've been waiting for the game, and they didn't think to print on the inside of the cover. Um, I mean, it's the same thing that we've seen from backers that went and and collectors that have went to Best Buy to get the um, the metal uh, tin, the the metal metal steel book, and they just put in a little piece of plastic inside of it that's not part of the steel book to quote unquote house the switch cartridge, and it doesn't actually fit the switch cartridge. It's like a little indentation, like they. It's kind of almost an afterthought. Um, however. Plain Bloodstained, it is freaking amazing. Um, 
I do want to say one thing. Um, there was like a couple of YouTubers complaining how Bloodstained is so inferior to the PS4 and Xbox One. I can't even play it. It's so bad. The frame rate and the, the graphics and all this stuff. And I watched comparison videos and all that. Um, the one thing that the reviewers didn't do is turn the brightness up on the Switch. <laughs> if you turn the brightness up on the Switch, they're like, oh, you can't see the water on the ship at the beginning of the game. You turn the brightness up, I can see the water on the ship. It looks exactly the same. I'm playing in handheld mode, mind you. Um, <laughs> I guarantee you blown up on a 4K TV, I would be able to notice differences between the Switch and the PS4 Pro. I don't mm -hmm. have the Pro. I don't have the Xbox One X. I have the original PS4, original Xbox One. Um, but I guarantee you, even that, I would be able to notice a difference. But nothing with the game is, like, hindering my experience. I haven't noticed any frame rate drops. Um, I mean, nothing that's noticeable, like, that's major. Um, I finally got past the second boss. Um, which apparently he's like a, a hard boss to beat or something because he's you actually fight the protagonist of Curse of the Moon as the second boss, mm -hmm. and he's a badass and he kicks your ass like it's it's one of those things. So um, I don't, have you played Bloodstained at all yet? I have not. I've okay. been hearing about. I mean, it's been uh, blowing up on my Twitter feed a lot because of it's of awesome. those issues that. Some people have been experiencing more than others or yeah. kind of trying to be more vocal about. Um, and I do want to say something about that when you're done. Cool. But no, I haven't tried it yet. Okay, so, I mean, the main meat and potatoes is it's classic Castlevania Symphony of the Night. I mean, it's made by Igarashi, Koji Igarashi. He's freaking awesome. Amazing developer. He it completely overshadows the insanity that was Mighty Number no. 9, because they were both around the same time when they were funded um, within a few months of each other. And Mighty Number no. 9 was this huge, you know, crazy, like, missed opportunity for Mega Man. Whereas mm -hmm. this is 100% success for, for Castlevania and Metroidvania games. Now, that being said, it's awesome, it's crazy, However, the boss battles are almost like the end boss of a whole new world that we neither of us could beat. Oh, like oh, that, no, 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 no. That was fighting Zangetsu for me. Like literally fighting that damn end boss of a whole new world. However, it's still so close to the beginning of the game that I was able to go level up a little bit. Because again, mm -hmm. like Symphony of the Night, you can level up. And I'm still, I'm at level like, 12 right now or 13 or something um i was able to level up and then i worked on my timing a little bit because you can dodge you can slide just like in mm -hmm. a whole new world um and i was able to predict his moves um he didn't quite have as many moves as the end boss of a whole new world but um i was mm -hmm. able to beat him today and it was right before um the recording of the the podcast today i was able to beat zengetsu so oh that's um, good yeah and the thing is is that there's tons of different upgrades you can upgrade all of your there's different weapons just like symphony of the night so you got swords and daggers and the whip and different types of magical spells like the game is going to take like we were probably going to have to do a playcast on it in the future just because the game is going to take a long time to beat um we might have to start both digging into it first so that way we can make some progress <laughs> 
It's gonna. So be I my, will say it's um, gonna be my side quest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say to the issues that people have been experiencing, five hundred five games. The publisher actually put out an update today on the oh, Bloodstained Four. They, they put out a new one because I know yesterday they said they're gonna put out intermittent updates as yes. they can, which was put out yesterday on the forum. Um, right. So, th- so what they said here is that um, the amazing. So they talked about the. Uh, localization and the language of it, languages available didn't meet the high quality bar they set for themselves. So their production team is already working on that uh, a process of doing a full localization pass on all the languages. But then they said regarding the Switch version of the game, the amazing team at WayForward and ArtPlay are already hard at work on improvements. Below is a list of what we're working to fix ASAP via multiple updates over the next few weeks. So they said HD rumble fix is completed. Crash oh, stability. The, the HD rumbo fix. Oh my god! Like when you get near about to die, like when you're mm-hmm. about to die, it just goes. <laughs> it just does it for like forever. It's so annoying. <laughs> like I, it makes me just want to run and get and like get to a save point as fast as possible. <laughs> <laughs> then they say crash stability, optimizing Miriam's jump. Variety of updates to the game and engine, including optimizing animation of certain enemies. WayForward is testing some techniques to accomplish big things here, but it may be risky and require lots of testing, may need to be pushed to a later update. Then they said addressing input delay wherever it occurs. Switch-specific loading optimizations requires a bit more work, will probably be in the last ASAP patches. Then they said, obviously, the above plan will adapt as we identify priorities and new tasks and as we add development resources, but we'll keep you updated as we go. We'll also have more to announce soon as we do more to improve the Switch version of Bloodstain. We are committed long-term to making sure the Switch version is just as great and enjoyable as the other platforms. So and this is just a window. So the loading. I'm sorry? So we got backtrack. Yeah. You're, you're going real in-depth. I want to talk about the loading. Um, sure, so, sure. So the loading, um, at the beginning of the game, as soon as you start it up, it takes a while to load. Then it takes a longer to load. And then once it loads the section, it'll, like, when you die... Um, mm. it sits on, it sits there for like 30 seconds and it seems like an eternity oh, okay. when you're waiting to start a new one and then it has to mm-hmm. load again <laughs> and then it, it goes through. It's, it's almost like if you've played Lego city undercover, um, yes, that one was more optimized than the Wii U version that used to take like yeah. three or four minutes. It's like a Commodore 64 game where it took 15 uh-huh. minutes to load. Um, it's, it's not that bad. But it's still noticeable for for the loading, and I guess the PS4 version doesn't have that. Oh, okay. So, and I didn't notice any input lags or jumping, but I didn't play any other versions. So, mm-hmm. I think the problem is is that you have these reviewers that are playing multiple versions and nitpicking things, and then once they do then that's all everybody's seeing online is, oh, there's input lag, and there's this and this and this. And it's like, well, for me, only playing the Switch version, I don't notice that. Right. It would be the same thing where if I never played uh, Super Mario Brothers on the NES um, on a CRT, and then I threw it on the HDTV, like normally I wouldn't know that there was input lag because that would be my first experience. So, I mean, there's that too. Um, it's it's good that they're addressing this stuff though. It's cool. Um, yeah, it's just gonna make the game and better. They, 
Yeah, and they have, you know, they have been active in the community, and they and they said that we apologize again for the inconvenience of the Switch launch not going according to plan, but we really appreciate your understanding and support as we work to make things right. So they are aware of these issues, and I would say, I, like a lot of what I've been seeing a lot today, specifically on Twitter, is just like you said, people are nitpicking on, on something, saying that's far um, less superior than the console, the other console versions, and then you know you have people defending, going like, it's a the game works, the game is playable, it's not like troll and i it's not like wwe 2k18 to that level you know it's fully playable and yeah you know the developers are aware of the situation it's going to get fixed it's a shame that you know this wasn't you know this wasn't available day one but this sounds like yeah (laughs) and i mean they are working to get this done so by the time these updates are completed i mean you're gonna have the best version of the game you possibly can have and for me i probably won't get to it for a while so by the time i do I won't have to worry about any of this stuff, so I'm good with that too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I, I'm happy to I'm happy to see that that level of support and dedication from the developer, from the publisher, um, and just being so vocal about it. Just you know, a day after it came out, so that that's a good sign that you know they want to make things right. They want the best version you possibly can have on the Switch. So I'd say the people that are iffy, I say if you want to wait, you can wait. But you know, a lot of people are playing it now, yourself included, and they're fully enjoying it. So. Yeah. I mean, as long as That's something a- doesn't, like, break the game, like, for the first update, where it, like, basically makes your save unplayable because it opens up all the chests or something, as long as it doesn't right. do that, I'm, I'm good. It's Of course, you're not going to have the most up-to-date version on the cartridge for future-proofing, which, you know, that's unfortunate. Um, but I saw... I, the other side, you're talking about people, like, complaining. I don't know if it's just... Because it's a Kickstarter, because it's so popular that we're seeing a lot of this, but I mm-hmm. also seen a lot of people complaining that they're unhappy as a backer with what they've gotten, and I'm I'm thinking like, first of all, I got a free copy of a bonus retro game that ended up being the second coming of Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse, and it's amazing, and that was free. And then we got the full game, and it's better than I could have imagined that it would be. I expected something less. I don't know what I expected. I think I expected it more akin to, I don't know, like maybe last generation or Mm -hmm. two generations ago. Like I was expecting something else, and what we got far surpasses my expectations, which is awesome. Um, Of course, there's kinks. I mean, it's a independently developed project and the fact that they're fixing it is great um i think that um we're probably going to see some other goodies and things in the future like i mean this came from fan gamer they're probably going to have an awesome strategy guide in the future it's just what they do they're the ones who did the mother three strategy guide um we're probably yeah, going to see something cool yeah, they did the Hollow Knight journal. They did the Stardew Valley uh, guide. I yep. mean, they do fantastic work. If, if Fangamer wants to put a guide out, I'm not going to say no. And but my wallet will say yes. They're literally all the same format, too. They have the same size yep. and that old school and look I, to them. And I like that size, too. It's a, it's a good one. It's perfect, it's nice it's perfect cover for also. a journal, um, for like a little strategy guide journal that they do. It's It's perfect. So hopefully they do that. I know that they're still working on some of the backer items, and they're going to release those later. Um, I'm not sure if I got anything outside the game. I don't think I did. I think I just backed whatever it was. Probably the $60 version was the game. And I think people are complaining because it's cheaper retail. Yeah. Um, 
but as a Kickstarter, you're a backer and you're helping fund a project. So um, it's expected that you know your funds are going to help the project become a reality in some way, shape, or form. Um, it's why I didn't back and wasn't too keen on the Shenmue 3 Kickstarter back in the day because it already had a major company behind it. And it's like, you don't really need the backers to make this a reality. You're just using it as a, a platform at this point. Like, you don't need the funds from the backers. Right. Whereas and, Bloodstained yeah. absolutely was backer-supported. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't and, know. It's, it's and a the give slip or take. Cover, and the slipcover isn't available in retail. And, you know, it, it's paper quality, but it's nice. It's shiny. I did a quick little, I don't want to say unboxing, but I did a little video just to show it off on Twitter. And it's really cool. And you can't get it anywhere else. And if you try and go on eBay, you're going to pay, <laughs> you're going to pay more than the 60 that you put into it. So, I think that's a nice feature. And as a collector, I like having that that bloodstained campaign backer slipcover that's not available anywhere else. And yeah, you paid a little bit more, but like you said, you know, you helped to support the game, and that's why you backed it in the first place. And plus, if it didn't get mangled in shipping, you have a bloodstained box that they shipped it in. Oh, I love that fan gamer box. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's just like what limited run games does. Like my two games today came in a limited run games box too. I'm mm-hmm. just I'm surprised there aren't like sharks sitting at the USPS or something <laughs> picking up this shit because uh-huh. like I, I'm waiting. They must not be uh, Switch collectors. I don't know. Good. Good. <laughs> so let's, I'm surprised l- no let's, one's um, figured out my house yet. Yeah. Let's uh, go down the rabbit hole and see what JP got. Sure. So I always like to split it up between different regions. So I have U.S. and I have the EU. The and, U.S. is much smaller. And obviously so. you probably got some of the same games I got? Yes. Um, only two. Like, no, only one, actually, which was Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. The only difference is, besides backing it on Kickstarter, I also bought it at Best Buy because they had an exclusive steel case yep. for the game. And what many may or may not realize is that this isn't a Steelbook Switch size. This is a steel case that fits a PS4 disc. But what's interesting is the manufacturers of the case uh, inserted a plastic Yeah, that's what I mentioned like a little bit ago as they put a little piece plastic insert in there. Yes. So it fits the Switch cartridge. And you know what's interesting is that I have another steel case for... um, Oh, my gosh. They... Um, well, I'm drawing a blank. It was an import game, uh, Dandalus. Yeah, Dandalus. And it was a PS4 case. I would really like that little plastic insert to put my Switch cartridge in. And I don't know where else I could find those. But that's actually uh, a little ingenious if you're not going to make a steel book. You at least give that option. And I and I like it because then you could put it into other steel, steel cases for games that maybe originated on another console first and then came out for the Switch. It's like, oh, you kind of you know found a loophole. So... I thought that was pretty cool. And it was a free bonus from Best Buy, so I'm not going to complain. Yeah, I didn't okay. actually check my Best Buy for the for the thing. When when was what was the day it was released at Best Buy? Was it Friday? Yesterday. Yesterday it was released at Best Buy? Yeah. Oh, okay, cuz I looked Friday and it wasn't there, so that's where it was like, okay. So it was released. And I will yesterday. Yeah. And I think they are selling, I mean, on their website it showed that it was a 14.99 steel case that you get free when you bought the game. I went to my store and I picked up my copy. I got to the car and I always like to take my sky pick in front of the store. And I noticed that the 
the one side, the one hinge was like dented. And when I opened it up, the piece just fell apart like in half. Mm -hmm. So I went back in the store and, and I, I showed it to them and they looked in their inventory. They still had nine available. So they, you know, replaced it. But if you didn't get one, and you don't and you don't mind spending the $15 or maybe you bought it at Best Buy and you didn't realize it came with a steel case just ask your store to check their inventory cuz it does sound like they did get extra above the pre-orders and it's a nice. yeah, it's a nice shiny case so yeah I'll it's go, a nice I'll go case hunt. To have. I'll go hunt on Friday when I go pick up Mario Maker 2 yeah. um, and in Mario Maker 2 to get the lunchbox edition you have to go to Target right I was going to say that later yeah so Target is going to have and what's what I don't like about this is you can't just pre-order it at Target. You actually have to be there in person. It's a first-come, first-serve. Friday morning, every, I don't know, every store, but Target stores are getting an X amount of lunch boxes for the game. But every store is going to vary. So at this point, I would say if you kind of call your store tomorrow on Thursday, they should be able to tell you, if they're nice enough, how many they're going to have. I know my wife is done with work for the summer, so I've asked her to go super early, and I'm hoping to get one. What um, time so does I'm, Target typically open? Nine or ten? Eight. Eight. Okay. Yeah. So I asked her if she could go at five in the morning. She said no. I'm going <laughs> to shoot for maybe seven, and hope you know. Cross my fingers that not a lot of people in my area want that lunchbox or know about it until I post it later after I have it. <laughs> Nobody in my area is going to know about it, so I'm just gonna. I'm going to wake up in the morning since I'm on night shift and I'm going to float in on Friday. <laughs> Good. They did say it's going to be in their electronic center. So my guess is you'll probably have to go to the counter. Mm-hmm. So the good news is that Target is my wife's favorite store. So she knows exactly where to go. We can make a beeline right to it. And I'm really hoping she's going to send a picture while I'm at work holding a lunchbox. And then uh, what time does Best Buy open? That's usually like 10, right? 10, yeah. Yeah, so I, and, I need to go to Best Buy to swing by and get Bloodstain. And what stinks is that like GameStops a lot of times will sell their 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 new releases at 9 p.m., but Best Buy closes at 9, and as far as I know, they rarely ever do launches like that. They did it for Super Mario Odyssey. They opened at midnight, but this one, you just have to wait till the next day, and it's a shame because you know there's going to be people already playing it. Yep. And we got to just wait, just wait a few more hours. <laughs> yeah so, so i'll be on an adventure this friday trying to find some uh some metal <laughs> good, good luck oh yeah i've been i've been pretty easy i've been pretty easily getting these limited items because there's no real switch hardcore collectors in my area and it's t- but it's tiny and they only get like one or two so if anybody pops up mm-hmm. out here i'm screwed <laughs> <laughs> okay so let's keep going so the next game that i got what? Uh, I just uh, lost you there, JP. I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Yep. Great. Okay. So I got the Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled, and I actually got the GameStop exclusive Nitrous Oxide and Pin Bundle. So it comes nice. in a bigger size box, and if you ever saw the LEGO DC or the LEGO Marvel Super Heroes Collector Edition box, it's about that size. It comes with four collectible pins. And then digital content as a DLC code. Was that behind uh, so the you, counter? The what? Was that behind the counter at GameStop? Because I, I was at GameStop and it was they didn't have any copies out. Oh, then yes. Most likely they probably didn't put this one out. Unless they, unless they sometimes what they do is they take the regular case and they put two stickers on it uh, for the different SKUs. Hmm. But yeah, this... This one, I mean, I think it's still readily available on their website. That's where I pre-ordered it from, so it, just, it was mailed to me. But I know 
I know stores tend to start getting less and less of the exclu- like the collector editions unless they're pre-ordered. So every store varies, but yeah, this is it's a nice set. I think it was only I have to double check. I thought it was only ten dollars more, but you know, besides the collectible pins, it gives you early access to the characters and digital content that you can unlock in the game on its own. But this just gives you early access to it. The case itself is the exact same case as the regular edition found in other stores. So there wasn't anything different to that aside from the outer box. But I picked it up and Crash seems to have a very good um, track record on the Switch. Because if you if you recall, Target had a collector edition for the Crash Bandicoot trilogy. Yeah. Where they bundled it with a Power A green controller in a special box. And it was a Target exclusive. So Crash seems to be two for two with collector editions. Yeah, and I, I think that the um, I saw a lot of people talking about the rubber banding in the actual game itself where you can't get too far ahead of the enemies, the opponents. Mm-hmm. So that's where it kind of doesn't quite live up to Mario Kart, but that's okay. Right. It's still fun in its own right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's move on to the last game that I got uh, US was the Super Neptunia RPG Idea, idea, idea factory online store exclusive. Phew, that was a lot. Uh, that so came this with was the Steelbook, right? The awesome looking one that you posted. Yeah, so so it is a switch. I mean, it holds a switch cartridge, but it's not a switch size Steelbook like we've seen with the other ones. It is slightly bigger, but still nice nonetheless. Um, and for those who don't know, it is still available on their website. It's eighty four ninety nine with free shipping, and it came with the game. It came with a steel case. It came with an art book, a soundtrack CD, a plushie, playing cards, a reversible cover sleeve, which I don't know if that is just um, in the regular one as well, but they have it listed. And then you get a collector box. So it's really nice, really nicely done. It came actually a day early than the, the retail release, so I got it on Monday. But yeah, it's the first collector edition from idea factory for the switch they've done other ones for ps4 uh, but i'm really hoping that this is the start of something because they did a really nice job with this one and i like it and it's still available for anyone who's interested and so what's really cool about that series um that one goes back to the ps3 era uh, the mm-hmm. hyper dimension neptunia was the first game and the really cool thing is the whole story is about the game game industry so neptunia is basically sega and it's the Mm -hmm. sega dreamcast basically like like the um the first version of the the dreamcast before not the dreamcast but before the dreamcast the sega saturn the combination of the genesis and saturn was like supposed to be like the sega neptune Mm -hmm. and so like neptunia was a play on that and then, like, you have Nintendo in there, and you have Sony in there, too. And some of the characters almost initially took on the traits. Um, it was really cool and meta. Now, I think now it's kind of almost become cognizant of itself to where it's its own characters now, and they don't really reference the games industry anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I need to look into the story, and if it's going to do a lot of, like, subtle references to, to game history, I'm probably going to mm-hmm. pick this up. I might get this version, too, if that's the case, because it's super cool that they, um, the, the way that that whole series unfolds. Yeah, and if you do want to see a review or read one, check out jpswitchmania.com, where we put ours up. Shameless plug. Oh, Shameless me. plug, excuse that's me. right. Excuse me. <laughs> Oh, oh, these next couple games we've done reviews for. So if you're interested in any of them, 
we wrote up about them. But I did want to mention that with GameStop, there was also a pre-order bonus. I got a dashboard bobble for Crash Team Racing. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, so let's move into the EU releases. So the first one is Crash Team Racing Nitro-Fueled Nitrous Oxide Edition. So you may be wondering why I bought this game a second time. And that's sick in the head. That and also there's a variant cover. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's variants. <laughs> what's what's it right, look so, like differently? Yeah, so it's a different cover than the regular release. Um, it's a standard case. It says Nitrous Oxide Edition on the front. Uh, across the top as a banner. It has different cover artwork. On the side, it actually has Nitrous Oxide Edition written as opposed to just Nitro Fueled, which is what the Switch version in the U.S. has. And then it has the same uh, digital content that was exclusive to the GameStop release with the early access to the uh, characters and uh, skins and carts and whatnot. But there's no pins and no big box. So Hmm. that's pretty much the difference. So, like, for me, when it comes to variants... The only way I'm going to double dip on a different cover is if it's a major artwork difference. So, like, for example, um, Bloodstained, the, you have the difference for, for, like, Curse of the Moon, for example. Mm-hmm. You have the amazing artwork from the legendary Konami artist, and then you have a newer contemporary artist that has the best buy release. Like, mm-hmm. what Limited Run Games does with that... I think is worthy of getting a variant if you're a hardcore collector and, and want to collect variants. Um, having a different logo or a different name like or something like that to me is that's not something that I really care about having every version of. But if it's, if it's a major artwork thing, um, I could completely relate with when you went and posted about all the different tennis versions, which I don't know if you're getting to, but like they all have like different like tennis players on it from different regions i could that actually is technically different art um i'm not interested in tennis games but um (laughs) not at least to that extent maybe mario tennis which i still haven't bought but um but still i could see that being you know major art differences but yeah i hope they don't do what they did with tennis and have like nine eight different it was ridiculous eight or nine different covers it was i mean it was was insane like it was insane and then on top of that there was a deluxe edition for the first version, the first release of the game in the UK that had exclusive content. What was that and tennis game just, called? Tennis World Tour. Tennis World Tour. Okay, I was making sure that the listeners knew what game we're talking about. Yes, Tennis World Tour. <laughs> yeah. The only physical tennis game out on the Switch right now. Besides for Mario Tennis Aces. Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah. Which is I the one corrected. I want to get. Which is the one I want to get. I'll say realistic tennis. I don't know. It's supposedly from all the reviews I read, it's the most realistic tennis game people have played. Like with Ten- all the with all the Mario tennis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the physics are perfect. Oh, okay. Maybe okay. How about I say not non arcadey? Yeah, I like arcadey. Uh, I know, me too. I like yeah. virtual tennis. I wouldn't mind that oh, coming. Oh, virtual effing tennis. We need it. Yes. See, everybody played that, and you don't even play. And people don't even play tennis, but everyone played that game. That's when a, a game transcends a genre. That's when you yes. know it's awesome. Though it doesn't matter if you're a you're a football player. You played NFL Blitz or NBA Jam. If even if you don't like NBA games, NBA right. Jam is on fire. Pun intended. <laughs> All right. So the next release was Everspace Stellar Edition from Rockfish Games. It was a EU exclusive right now. They're working on releasing a North American version. But for now, I got this off Amazon UK. Uh, limit, the first batch is limited to 3,000 copies, but they are working on more. And yeah, it's a really 
Really cool uh, space shooter that combines action-packed space battles with roguelike elements, first-rate graphics, and a gripping story. And it came with a really cool art book inside. And, yeah, it's a, it came in, and I have it, and we did a review on it on our website if you're curious. But we did like this game a lot, so we'd highly recommend it. Then the next game is Leisure Suit Larry, Wet Dreams Don't Dry. Mm-hmm, so this came you out. Go, your wet dreams. I guess so. This is an <laughs> EU exclusive. Uh, in the US, I believe we only got a digital copy or a digital version, but in the EU, there is a physical copy. Uh, but yeah, Leisure Suit Larry is now on the Nintendo Switch. It's rated Peggy 18 for bad language and sex. And what's really cool, I was just reading the back when it came in. It's actually pretty funny because they, you use Timber, the in game app along with an innovative dating mechanism to date women and consequently improve your score on Timber. And it says, Leisure Suit Larry is coming in 2019, and no, there's no word missing here. So it's, they have a lot of humor. I mean, it's, it looks funny. It's, yeah, it's a fun, fun series that's you know, come out in the past before, and now we have it on the Switch. Okay, nice. and, and the final game that's arrived so far this week uh, is Valtherian Arc Hero School Story. And... Mm-hmm. Two things about this one, well, three things. One is we did a review on our site, so if you want to know about this game, check it out. You pretty much are kind of world-building a little bit because it's from tiny school to world-famous academy, train the world's legendary warriors, over 20 buildings to research and build from classrooms to combat facilities, and control your students in real time as you quest for loot to improve your school. So it's one of those type of games. But what's interesting is that this is the first of two titles released uh, by P-Cube, the publisher, in the UK. And these are their budget titles. So this was only $19.99 on Shop 4 Megastore. That's where I bought it. And the other one that they released is called Nippon Marathon. But these are part of their new budget lines where they want to release games at a discounted rate. And I'm all in favor of that. So I would check this out. It's a good game. And it's only 20 bucks, And you can get it for free shipping off Shop 4 Megastore. That's where I got it. But yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what else PQ brings out under that uh, inexpensive line because there's a lot of titles out there and they're releasing quite a number of games on the Switch. So yeah, those are my games so far for the week, but it's only Wednesday. It is only Wednesday. It's always yeah. only Wednesday. Here. And I will say I'm very sad because I went to Best Buy today to pick up my Bloodstain and you know the person asked, oh, how many games do you have? I was like, oh, I think I just have Bloodstain. And he comes back with, moto gp 19 and he's like oh did you get this one too and i was like yes and it comes out tomorrow on thursday so when he tried to ring it up it wouldn't go through so i was a little disappointed i knew it, i knew it wouldn't but i was like yeah maybe if i don't say anything i'll get lucky with the system and i didn't but yeah there's more games coming this week nice yeah there's always more games coming <laughs> it never ends it doesn't end ever and what's <laughs> gonna be cool is i'm gonna have some um some random experiences and stories because this weekend we're going um, out to San Antonio and going to Six Flags. Uh, nice. My daughter's actually going to Girl Scouts, so she's going to be going to the aquarium with the Girl Scouts. So we're going to actually be uh, daughterless for the first time in seven years. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's done some sleepovers and stuff. I'm saying, like, for a weekend. Um, so basically, we're going to go to San Antonio, but we're also going to go flea marketing. We're going to go nice. game store hunting. Uh, we're going to go all over the place. So it should be interesting to see if I find anything switch related. Cause yeah, I can't wait to, to see what you may find. Yeah. And 
So there was something I was thinking about. I, I was like driving to work today, and there was some kind of collectible that I was thinking of with the Switch, and I was like, I wonder if JP has this. And now I can't remember what it is, but it was oh, something geez. that would be like that you would miss if you didn't know about it. And I will once I figure it out, I'll I'll shoot it to you in a message, or I'll remember it for the podcast and I'll write it down so I can te- torture you with it. But there was something, and I was like, damn, I wonder if. Because it came up, I thought about it, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if he has this item. It's, it's like something, I, I don't remember, I don't even remember what realm, if it's like a pre or a post or something that you get with <laughs> certain games. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was something that was was really like crazy. Um, <sighs> so there's some arbitrary to give JP some anxiety. Um, I guess, and I gotta wait. <laughs> I, I i really i'm already like racking my brain going like what what's out there that i don't have that's a collectible for the switch there's something and it was oh, yeah. like i was like damn what is it now but yeah anyways um let's go over what's available to prayer what's newer that's available because i know that limited run games announced yeah. something there was one thing that i actually posted on the physical form before jp did which was weird i looked i looked like twice i'm like did he post it yet no he didn't okay it was well it was a sentence in an email that I had, and I just posted a picture of it real quick. What was it? Um, what was the item? It was the one thing that I posted, like on the Switch. <laughs> I only posted <laughs> one thing. I'm pretty sure it was Neurovoider. Um, oh, available by Red Art Games. Which... Yes, you may have beaten me to it just because I'm at work and I can only do Twitter. Yeah, you were slacking. Um, but yeah, it's um. The, the thing that makes me mad about that, of course, is that Neurovoider is a digital-only release from 2017, and now Not I gotta mess with the item. So I actually went <laughs> through um, the book, so I can actually uh, sidetrack to that real quick, and I went to the digital-only section and put logos over the games that now have physical releases that I already created a spread for. So Blaster Master Zero, limited run. Mm-hmm. Um Let's see, going through Neurovoider, which was released in September as Red Art. Um, I may just put their logo on it and leave the because mm-hmm. the spreads look cool. That's the thing, <laughs> man. Like, it's your book; you can do whatever you want. Well, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it was digital only, and it's still not physically in our hands. It's not. Um, there's a game I'm looking at that I got a confirmation that's coming out physically, and they haven't announced it, and they, I promised that I wouldn't announce it, so we can't announce it on the podcast. But I got there's a game from 2017 that has a physical release that only I'm tracking. <laughs> the okay, developer, fair told, enough. the developer told me, and I'm like, ooh. They're like, yeah, just don't tell anybody yet. It's not announced yet. I was like, really? I run a podcast. <laughs> like, so those listeners were like, what? It's 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 a game that we all want. So I was like. Hell yeah. Um, Wait, could you tease us any more? Um, yeah, I could, but I'm not going to because I don't want anybody to put two and two together and get four. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> all right, going through um, Night in the Woods, limited run, um, for sure. There might be a couple others, but I just went through like the ones that I for sure knew that like were, were getting a release, and I was like, damn. And of course, A Whole New World. Yes. Um. Yeah, I'm just seeing because the whole new world was the last game released by mm-hmm. in uh, twenty or not 2017, but year one. It was March first, right. 2018, uh, which first press games. So um, it'll be interesting to see because I think all those games from first press might be available because it's there was something about like confirming my address or or I looked somewhere and it showed tracking and they just hadn't entered into the system for first press, so they may already have the games in hand. 
That would be oh, I'm, I mean, they, yeah, they, they initially said, I think it was going to be August, September, October that they were planning on shipping, like in that order. So whole, whole new world was the first one. Shadow bug will be the second and then castle of heart will be the third, but it looks like they plan on shipping one a month. Um, Are but they I don't think doing that to triple yet. backers. The, okay, so the triple ones will have to wait till the third release. Yeah, that's what I thought. So yeah, because I ended so up I getting the triple backer. So yeah, and I'm looking. You know what? I'm looking. Oh, I'm. So for anyone listening, it's still available on their website. Uh, it's blinking red, so they're nearing the end of their last batch. But the triple pre-order set number one is still available to pre-order nice. if anybody's interested, and it comes with an exclusive silver coin if you're into those. So going over that, of course, you know and. And thinking that things will be available, I did miss Ultra Core's Genesis release. That sold out so fast. Oh, yeah. Oh I, was, my I mean, God. I wasn't, wasn't going to pre-order, but I was watching it. I think it took 30 seconds to a minute for the yeah. Genesis to sell out. Like, I wanted to get it. I went on to it, like, within a minute. And I was doing stuff. I was working on books and stuff all weekend. And I went to it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go on to it. Went on to it, sold out. I'm like, what the hell? It was like a minute. And like, that makes me... That makes me nervous because you never know with a limited company what is going to resonate with people and what's going to be that game that, you know, you can jump on in a few minutes or even, you know, a few days and still get it. But, you know, sometimes it makes me a little nervous because it's like, okay, I'm there, I'm, I'm logged in, I'm ready to go. But it could sell out in 30 seconds. I mean, you don't know. So I was told because I was like, damn, how am I going to be able to play it, especially with like when I do the Genesis book. Mm-hmm. And somebody said that it's included with the analog SG, the Genesis HDMI console. I think it's mm-hmm. on there digitally. Oh, okay. So, I mean, as long as I can play it, like for the yeah. book, I'll be able to review it. And eventually, I guarantee I'll be able to find a copy of it. I just hope that it's not like only available from those that are um, trying to scam people. Like, right. hopefully I can just get a copy from someone. And I've been pretty... I, I've pulled the trigger on a couple in the physical Switch community recently of, like, stuff that I want to get that I'll probably be talking about when I get them in the mail. But, um, like, there's few things that I missed out on that I was interested in, and there's been consistently people selling, like, limited stuff on the Switch, physical Switch collectors group. It's yeah, one thing I've noticed, like, recently is a lot of people are backing out of the the limited collections and mm-hmm. and starting to go more for i just want to get what i want to play so yep. they're, they're kind of just purging and yeah i mean like in a row in the last couple of days on on the facebook group i just saw people posting like these huge super rare game collections limited run game collections mm-hmm. and so you know if you're looking for something a lot of times you know people are pretty fair there's some that you know will price higher but for the most part i mean i think the facebook group is fairly consistent with trying to be fair in pricing and you never know what people are going to pop up and and post for sale, especially now as we get like deeper into year three and people are really starting to realize, OK, maybe I can't go for that full set that I thought. And in a lot of people's minds, is, well, if I can't go for a full set, let me just go for what I want and let me just clear out what I what I only collected initially just because I wanted to go for the full run. And, so I mean, their loss is your gain. And my way of collecting, like the way that I have to collect, it works perfectly because unlike you, I can't monitor social media 24-7. And like, so there's certain games that I missed out on. And even on the group, like I have probably only seen a couple of the posts that have come up, but there's way more. 
and even just looking for like the backer or the um the listener reviews of yoku i um looked i'm like oh here's another one that i didn't catch that was for sale because i mean i work a lot and i don't really have access time to look on my phone while i'm Mm -hmm. working so it's one of those things where during the week i'll miss a lot of stuff but i came across a lot of cool stuff this week and one of them i I didn't even know about the game i had to look it up and i'm like oh this game looks amazing and i didn't even know about it and so now that's coming in the mail so sweet nice (laughs) Okay, so what this else? is what so oh there's a lot. Um so you you touched there on Neurovoider. It's so bad. It, well, let's just talk about immediate right now. So yesterday, this so we're talking about Tuesday, Special Reserve Games opened up the pre-orders for their third Switch release which was Gris by Nomada Studios and fantastic game. But to anybody that that isn't aware, they have an open pre-order system for their regular edition which is 34.99 and right now pre-orders are open until july 17th 11:59 p.m central time so for us that would be july 18th but they have that open then they had a second bundle which was a hardcover book the game a music note sheet and six art cards and that's 79.99 and what they mentioned on the discord is that if you want it you'll be able to get it so I don't know if that just means open pre or they just purposely made enough, but it sounds like you should be okay if you jump on any time during the pre-order window. Then they had what they called the Signature Edition Bundle. It was limited to 250 copies. It sold out this morning, so it took about 24 hours to sell out. But it comes with the game, the hardcover book, the six art cards, the music note sheet. You get the limited edition vinyl collection, which was from IM 8-Bit Company, so they partnered cool. with them. Looks cool. And you... And you get from the artist Conrad Rosset or Rosette, a hand-drawn, I think, five by seven painting. So each one is going to be individually painted by the artist. Oh, so no two. Two hundred and fifty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no two are alike. Um, so That's a you huge know, if you're mission from from an artist perspective, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if you break down all the items, you know, you had eighty dollars for the game and the book. And then the vinyl was $50 from IM 8-Bit, so that's, what, $130? So it's about $120 that you're kind of paying for a commission. And you know what? I mean, they look beautiful. I mean, the the sample that he showed, I don't know if he drew all 250 already, but, you know, if, if that's something that interests you, it's a nice piece to have. Just to let everybody know, though, all that stuff doesn't come in a true collector box. It comes in a special shipping packaging box that they developed for this release so it has special artwork on it and i i think it's going to be similar in the style of fan gamer where they have you know artwork and logo and writing on the box itself but then inside is going to be just the the items um specially packaged and like held so just in case anybody was wondering um the other thing to note and this is very important because it came up at the last minute the $34.99 version does come in a special collector box that holds the manual, the art cards, the game. And initially, that box did not come with the, the $80 bundle or even the $250. But everybody was asking, and they did decide to include it. But how they're doing it is they're flattening it out so they can include it in the shipping box. Hmm. So just to let everybody know. And Phew. if you are interested in that, um, that canvas, it's sold out, so too bad. 
<laughs> it did sell out. Yeah, exactly. You, you did mention that. Like, and if you, if you like no, no. That, I said uh, it sold out. I know, but then, like, as you're describing, you're like, yeah, if you like that thing. Well, if this, you do like that thing, too bad. Too like bad, thing, people. I hope you got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll be able to get it later. Um, There's always ways to get stuff. That's the one. That's the best thing about being a patient collector is mm-hmm. that you'll come across stuff. And, like, I don't need, like, I want to get what I want to get, but I don't need it immediately. And, right. um, and as you said, like, like you haven't busted open Bloodstained yet, and that's an amazing game. And it's like there's hundreds of games that you haven't had time to open up yet. So I might as well right. wait, and I'll eventually get it. <laughs> like it'll be, sure. it'll be cool. Um, especially if that that vinyl that sounds pretty pretty cool. So yeah, I mean, it looks very nice. And if you're a music collector, it definitely is a nice piece to have. Yeah. Me personally, I went with the the book and game bundle. I was happy with that. I'm not big into vinyl, so to me that wasn't an appeal, even though it is beautiful looking. I'm not trying to dismiss it or anything. There's Just not be something my regarding the Switch that JP's not going to have. Holy cow. You know what? If Special Reserve Games had made the vinyl, I probably would have gone with it because I would have gone for all their exclusives. But just because I don't collect IM 8-bit to begin with, to me, it was just like, okay, that's like an add-on that they partnered with. So That's a, that's a Switch I, release. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm okay. I've made peace with it. I've talked to people. I'm okay. Don't have, convince have you, me other. Have you had, um, you've, you've had an intervention. I like it. I did. I, wife, I had to. Your, your wife I and I have... were scheduling it, and I think it's starting to work. Now JP is starting to rebound. It's good. I actually had to talk to quite a number of people to convince me not to go for the higher one just because of, of the packaging box. Yeah. But okay, so and so, um so did, let's talk so about here's a, here's a question. Speaking yeah. of vinyl, did you get it'll do two on vinyl? It'll do two. Oh, the collector edition from Limited Run Games? No, the did you get the vinyl for it? For it'll do Oh wait, two. no, I'm sorry. I'm it'll thinking do, wrong game. It'll two it'll no. do two was a retail release that was released Nike, in stores. Night Callus. Yeah, no, I did not get the vinyl. No, uh, yeah, because the vinyl was released by a uh, indie vinyl publisher, and mm-hmm. it was kind of one of those things where if it doesn't sell too well, he couldn't do any more. And it's a buddy of mine. Um, he runs uh, Twin Cade in Highland, Indiana. Like mm-hmm. he runs a barcade too, and really cool dude. The, the art is amazing. It's professionally done. Um, I think he still has copies. So. There is that. Um, that's well worth people and listeners picking up. If you're a vinyl collector, it's awesome, and I highly recommend it. It's um, it'll do to vinyl, and if people are interested, let us know, and I will I will get you a link. <laughs> like, yes. yeah, yeah. I was wrong. I was I for some reason I was thinking slime sand, and Let Me Run Games had done a vinyl for that one. So my bad. I was wrong. It'll do too. Uh-huh. The Zelda style game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so just to let other people know what else is pre-orderable, limited wise, don't forget that Limited Run Games still has regular editions of Freedom Planet open until July fifth, so you can pre-order that still. Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. They actually extended the uh, pre-order date to I believe July eighth. Now it was July fifth, so they pushed it out a few days. Then you also have. Um, and then you have a whole bunch of stuff from uh, Red Art Games. You can still do Old Man's Journey, which we talked about. Stay, Gekaido. I mean, the list goes on and on. One thing I'd like to just make note of, so it'll only take a few moments, is that on Thursday, so last week on Thursday, I don't know if the stars aligned or what, but there was 
a slew of new announcements of games coming out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I like I had off from work on. Yeah, I took off of work that day, and I have never seen so many announcements like one after another. So I actually made a special post for it on the website just because I knew people would probably miss one or two here or there. So just for anyone who doesn't know, um, I just want to let you like make you aware of a few upcoming limited releases and not from your typical limited publishers either. So it's a little bit different. Yeah. So the first one is Kill La Kill If. It's based off of an anime. It's a fighting game. And in the UK, there was a collector edition announced. And everybody was wondering if in the U.S. we would get it, and we are. It's going to be sold exclusively through Arc System Works online store. Nice. It's going to be $99.99, so $100. Comes with a 40-page art book, 31-song soundtrack, a squishy keychain, and a limited edition box. The pre-orders have not gone live yet, um, but when they do, I will be sure to post it. So stay tuned to my Twitter page. Then the next one is the publisher who brought us Tiny Troopers is back to bring us Vostok Incorporated. And this game actually got a German physical release last year, and now it's getting a, like a UK release. It's going to be sold exclusively through their website, so it's wiredproductions.com. It's going to have new cover art, I think some inside goodies as well, and the Peggy rating as opposed to the German USK rating. Um, pre-orders have not started yet. They're going to start in July, but if you sign up on their website to be notified you'll be notified 24 hours ahead of time. So you'll be one of the first ones to know to secure your copy. Really, um, really rare, right? Just like the last one. It may be, yeah. <laughs> no, it's probably going to be <laughs> just readily available, but it's just funny. I hope so. I mean, I mean, Wire Productions saw what happened with Tiny Troopers, and they even said, you know, don't pay the scalper prices, and, and they thank the Switch Core community for working together to help you know, people find a copy if it wasn't available in their area. So I'm hoping that they make enough for their website and anyone who wants one should easily be able to get one. Mm-hmm. Uh, then some releases in, in Japan that you may not be aware of, but Tetris 99 is getting a physical release. Yeah, we talked about that last Japan. week, I think. Okay, so it's official, it's live. Nice. Um, okay, so the next one that was just announced was Friday the 13th Ultimate Slasher Edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's coming out in all regions. And what's really cool about the Switch version, it's going to come with an exclusive poster. And then it's also going to come with uh, all the DLC content that was available previously on other consoles. So it's 10 single-player challenges, new maps, characters, outfits, skins, all that stuff. Um, Is it going to have have the backer-exclusive Kane Hodder Jason? Everybody is asking about that. I don't know. I don't think so. I have him on my Xbox version because I was a backer. Okay. <laughs> like he's he's basically flaming on fire, like a Jason that can't like um that Tom Savini and Kane Hodder mm-hmm. created, which you know original That's Jason. Awesome. Like it's amazing. Like the Savini nice. version, basically. Nice. So I'm hoping that's going to be a good one, and that comes out uh, August August ninth. It seems. Nice. Okay. Um, then we move into 2020, but NIS America just announced in the U.S. that we are going to be seeing Disaster Report 4 Plus Summer Memories. There's going to be a regular retail release and a limited edition release sold exclusively through their store. It's going to be $90. It comes with the game, soundtrack, a novelty emergency backpack, 
an ID tag, and a novelty first aid collector Everybody, box. Everybody, do you see how crazy JP's getting? He's going into 2020. <laughs> like, hey, it's, that's, it's six months away. <laughs> wait, wait. You think that's bad? The last one I'm going to mention is date to be determined, but the developer kind of just like casually announced it on Twitter. So the game is called Pawarumi, <laughs> and it's a, um, it's a shoot 'em up and they announced that a physical was in the works, but they didn't have any specifics. So just <laughs> to keep everybody's, you know, on the radar, we, we should be seeing a physical somewhere along the lines for that game. And, and there's always more games. So the other one that I just quickly want to touch upon, um, there isn't a open pre-order date yet, but the Ninja Warriors or the, um, oh boy, the Ninja Saviors. The stri- Ninja Saviors, Return of the Warriors, strictly limited edition version is going to be coming onto their website soon, but they haven't had a release date set yet. Typically, it's the last weekend of the month, which would be this weekend, but unless they announce it tomorrow, as of right now, it's just coming soon. And it is the same version that Play Asia has, except it has pins, it has uh, exclusive cover, so slight... Uh, uh, visual differences but the gameplay is the same and i believe there will be a collector edition as well but they haven't officially announced that yet yeah Phew. So, so that's that's so some of the stuff coming out question for you with things that are coming out because i've been asked this question even today sure. what do you think about the limited run games star wars bundles that they're re- launching this week so basically there's three games this week that they're launching they're not switch but they're releasing mm-hmm. an nes game a Game Boy mm-hmm. game, and then a PS4 uh, release of Star Wars Bounty Hunter from the PC. And then the mm-hmm. NES and Game Boy games are on blister packs, like they mm-hmm. were, um, like on a basically a figure. And those are right. $40 a piece. Um, the premium editions are $85 a piece for, for both of the Star Wars NES and Game Boy games. An $85 NES and, and Game Boy game a piece. Um, and then you have your PS4 uh, Bounty Hunters 30 bucks for the PS4 game, and which is a standard, which I think is reasonable. And then the um, $85 premium edition of Bounty Hunter. So, I mean, to me, and they asked me, I'm like, well, I already own the nes games so i'm kind of kind of iffy the premium ones do look cool because they're star wars posters and a metal star wars coin and then you have your enamel pin which to me looks like a blockbuster yes logo yes yeah yes. okay i wasn't the only one then <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the the retro <laughs> i thought they were gonna say blockbuster on there <laughs> they almost do man but like i am i'm really just not interested like i was a uh, really obsessed about figure collecting back in the day and i had to like you had to convince yourself not to buy the vinyl i had to convince myself to get out of it because it was just mm-hmm. a never-ending like i had to concentrate on one thing video games right like and so like looking at this i'm like damn these look like classic star wars collectibles but then i'm like uh i like the nes one but then i mm-hmm. don't but i don't like the game boy one they put like a, just a yellow block of text on it too, which looks weird to me. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's might just be me, or maybe it's just a placeholder. But I, I'm not really like I'm. I love Star Wars, but again, the NES Star Wars game's not that great. The Game Boy Star Wars game's not that great. It's not like they're putting Super Star Wars. Those games are are better, but they're trollish too. 
Um, mm-hmm. So even those aren't like solid games; they're just classically fun games. They're frustrating as shit too. Um, right. <laughs> but Bounty Hunter though seems cool. I just wonder if that'll eventually come to the Switch. That would be amazing. I honestly thought at the end of their presentation with all the Star Wars games, these were all somehow coming to the Switch. I mean, nothing had been announced previously. There's no digital copies, but I thought, wow, we're getting every single Star Wars game <laughs> on the Switch. That would be amazing. And I think, like you, I have to focus on one thing. Like if I'm if I'm the Switch guy, I have to focus on Switch. Every now and then, I'll break away. I'll buy a PS4 title here or there. Yeah. And a lot of times, it's through limited run games because I just really like their collector edition. So, like the Jack series, I just couldn't say no to Spider Man. You know, for the PS4. I love Spider-Man. I'm not going to say no to that. The new Dragon Ball game, if it never comes to the Switch, I'll get it for the PS4. But And their quality for me, I, I of releases for limited run games is awesome. Yeah. Um, the thing is, though, is that, like, so the cartridges, they're going to be reproductions and probably done by, like, a home brewer or aftermarket guy. Well, they um, said it's by, I forget which company, but it's the ones who released um, a few other games recently, like, uh, oh, do you remember... It was like a $100 game. It was like two classic NES games. I forget which company it was. Was it the Super Nintendo ones? It was like Street Fighter 2? No, I don't think it I think it was, there was NES ones. I can't recall. But I think they partnered with them for the reproduction they cards. They Mega Man 2? The one who did Mega Man 2 release? The blue one within no, one limited that, that, color? Cause no, because that was I Am 8-Bit. Yeah. I don't, I want to hold up. I. It was another company I just... I forget which one it was. I know Retrotainment has done some some releases, and they do good work when it comes to like reproduction stuff. Um, but again, though, it's it's reproduction stuff, not like original NES either. So right. to me, it's like I already have the games. Don't really need to get them again with fancy packaging and for the original consoles now. Newer right. games is where, and this is what I mentioned to the um, to the collector that asked me about it it was jim setnick over on facebook asked me about it and he basically said what i thought about it and i said um you know basically my response is always i like collecting newer stuff and jim setnick actually is a nintendo rep so Mm -hmm. (laughs) like he works for like works on east coast for nintendo um but like basically he says that they're he as the originals they just put a nice set together and that's what he likes about those Mm -hmm. um to me it's just like i just love the originals like the toe jam and earl and being Mm -hmm. able to play a new version of that and i can't wait to dig into that it's it's um co-op so my wife and i are gonna play that because we play toe jam and earl on the genesis still to this day so it's gonna be awesome can't wait damn it (laughs) yeah i mean yeah, they look they look nice, but to me it's like that's a whole new line of games because they mm-hmm. they listed every single Star Wars game that they are planning on releasing and if I recall correctly, they're working on other Lucas Arts games so like Monkey Island they're going to be bringing and and those type as well. So that's like a completely new venue for them, like these retro games. Yeah. And I you know, I like Star Wars. I'm not a big I'm not the biggest or even close to the biggest Star Wars fan. I, I, I've seen the movies, and that's my extent. So I, I would pass on it just because I need to focus on the Switch. But I think they look really cool. Um, and it really comes down to your preference. I mean, if you want something that is going to be a collectible in the future, looks really cool, has a lot of you know quality into it, then yeah, go for it. 
Me personally, I'm going to be sticking for their Switch releases. Well, and I um ventured away from PS4 because I was I was getting their PS4 stuff before they started doing Switch, mm-hmm. and I I ventured away from that, went strictly to the Switch. And I mean, I collect other stuff for other systems. Like, I mean, I mm-hmm. picked up Kingdom Hearts three uh, this this week when I got um, Little Friends. I picked up Kingdom Hearts three for the Xbox One mm-hmm. um, just because I haven't played it yet, and it's pretty affordable uh, used. So I was like, well, hell, that's no brainer. Um, and I, I do that kind of stuff. So some of the games, you know, I I bought super cheap aftermarket on a system like Super Lucky's Tale, and now it's getting a Switch release. Mm-hmm. with added content so that'll be a double dip but it was like less than ten dollars on the xbox one used or something it was like mm-hmm. and i've been playing and it's awesome so like it, that's the coolest thing about having like how i have my collection set up is that the switch is downstairs on the big 4k and it's with my um the ps4 which the wife plays mm-hmm. and i have that down there upstairs in the game room i have all my retro stuff um with my computer where I'm recording right now. And so I got like a Vectrix, a Commodore 64, a CRT um, PVM that's hooked up to my Xbox and Genesis and Turbo mm-hmm. Duo and Neo Geo. And I got a sharp NES TV in here and an N64 and a PC engine. And a eight, and then I my screen, that was the HDMI 4K TV. And then mm-hmm. I have the AVS, the HD Nintendo hooked up. And then in the other room in my bedroom, I have Xbox One. So, like, if I'm sitting in there, I just fire up the Xbox One. Sitting in here, it's, like, bookwork in my game room. And then mm-hmm. I play some retro stuff. And then downstairs, it's all about the Switch. And it's kind of compartmentalized like that. So that way I can get three different experiences just randomly that are unique. You know what I mean? Like, it helps me focus the collection a little. Yeah, And, you know, I will say some so, so two things. Um, because I, I know one of the questions that people had for these um the regular editions was how are you going to get the game out right mm-hmm. because an action figure you peel off the plastic and then that's it and i'm not and you got me thinking so i went onto their website so two things one is that the internal boards for the carts are being supplied by retrobit but they actually have each card is going to be equipped with a method for accessing the game without damaging the packaging so you uh. can play and dis- and display and i know Weird. i don't think a lot of people knew that initially cuz um, I didn't see a response to that, but anybody listening, you will be able to open this up without damaging it, which was smart, and I, I'm sure that was their plan all along. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I think um, I think about it. They probably they're probably going to do what uh, the original Square Final Fantasy VII figures had, which is mm-hmm. like there's little like tabs on the bubble, and you can like mm-hmm. slide the card off and on. Like, uh, it's it's pretty that was pretty rudimentary like you would it was like the back of the plastic tabs were like scotch taped on the back or whatever. Uh-huh. like but you can just easily slip it off take the figure out display it and then you can always put it back in there and it looks mint um oh, okay. i think that's probably something that they're gonna do maybe i don't know it'll be interesting to see um yeah. i won't i won't have a copy to build to uh <laughs> no no me neither but, um so Another section, uh, Switchbook updates. So aside from adding the companies to the digital-only section that are, you know, announced that have announced physical releases since I've created the spreads, which I've created these spreads a long time ago. So um, I also created the JP Switch Mania section. 
<laughs> yes, you did. And I sent it over to JP, and he's like, man, I need a better picture of my collection. Um, but basically, I'm calling it JP's Collector's Corner. Um, and the rabbit hole goes deep. <laughs> so it's basically like I sent JP sections of the book that have like where he could put little like comments and there was way more games that he needed comments on so <laughs> i figure it'd be way cooler to have a section in the book where he can be like all right so just so you know about breath of the wild you know blah 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 blah. here's this 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 and this that you might not have thought about or different aspects of just dance or because i'm not doing more than one page one page so, so you mean i'm having a compendium book now <laughs> You're pretty much gonna have like a, a <laughs> tiny little piece, but you do have a time limit to get this stuff in. So, yeah, you're gonna have some time <laughs> okay. after after it's funded. Everything has to be done. Um, it has to be done before that, honestly, um, because the Virtual Boy. I finished all of the writing for the Virtual Boy right. this weekend. Every section's written. Um, I also went through and beautified all of the imagery because there were certain images I needed to refine and color correct, and I did all of that because that takes a long time. Um, I also went through and added more imagery to all the sections, wrote all the intro paragraphs. The last thing I got to do is add in all of the backer contributor stories, which the Switch Collector will also have. So that will be a section, too, probably after the Collector's Corner. Um, there'll be backer stories on whatever they want to write about, <laughs> about the first year of the Switch. Um, but I got to add in all those, which there's some really cool stories that I have that I'm adding. Um, I got to figure out, though, layout-wise, for the Virtual Boy book, what I want to do with those that didn't supply pictures. Because a lot of the, the, the contributors wrote like awesome stories and had pictures of their collection. The one, one guy wrote some stuff and then didn't give a picture at all. So I got to figure out how I want to make that look. Um, and if I just want a, a blob of text and then one picture or stylize it and put a couple pictures. Uh, but he didn't give me any, so I don't know. <laughs> I want to make it look cool, though, like a like almost like a game style review. Nice. So I always try to find cool ways and different than other books. I try not to do the exact same thing every time. Mm-hmm. Um, my complete series i'm gonna have like a similar format each time with the check boxes but like when i'm doing something like um and this is a complete series so the check boxes are the same but like i want the the different contributor sections but like the switch collector book is its own beast it's gonna have the classic hagan's alley check boxes but it's gonna be like this is overhauled like we've showed off some of the the artwork before and it's gonna blow some people away i think gonna be interesting <laughs> gonna be interesting so it's it's getting there though like i mean the switch book though i gotta get back on writing now that i finished um writing for the virtual boy book which means that all that's left is to write the switch collector that's the thing it's the focus now and to put things into perspective like i have to write about the same amount as i had to write for the um for the virtual boy book about the same amount of of different reviews because of how many different homebrew games and unreleased games were released for the Virtual Boy. Um, right now, I am at Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 and the Lego Ninjago movie game. Mm-hmm. The last review that I wrote was Rayman Legends, which was like a few weeks back. 
So and then poke in tournament. So that's that's the next section. So basically, right now we're in September twenty second of the first year of the Switch. So about over halfway through the um, mm-hmm. the years re- the release from the first volume, and then I got to go into the digital, write about those. Um, and it's fun to write about them. And this book's gonna be different than previous books, where I'm not having a a bunch of community like YouTube reviewers, writers, and things like that um, mm-hmm. for the actual reviews in the game, or in, uh, the actual reviews in the book, uh, the game reviews in the book. I'm not having contributors write to that, but they can contribute their own experiences in their own sections. And I may add like little tidbits and paragraphs throughout the book if people really want to write for it. Um, it depends on what we get. Because I develop uh, to the content that's that ends up kind of unfolding in front of me when it comes to book design. I like to be fluid, and it makes it way more fun. So, you know, this is all a passion project for me. And then we're, we're creating history at this point when it comes to that, though. Yeah, and I think we need to definitely get the Switch Core members uh, involved with uh, at least a piece of the book, writing their thoughts and whatnot, because yeah. they're such a big part that they need to have their voice in there. I think they'll all have opportunities as as backers to you know lend their story, which will be awesome. Awesome. Yeah, and um, I mean, just looking through uh, the other thing is I sent uh, JP a picture from this weekend. Um, I have the I already templated and started the black outlining for the first canvas piece I'm doing for the Switch Collector mm-hmm. campaign. I'm doing one on Retro City Rampage based off of our Playcast episode. And it's a picture of the tank, um, the main character with a Mario hat, Mario hat. Um, and then <laughs> in the bottom left corner of the canvas, I have a police car. So it's it's basically from like, anytime you're running around Retro City Rampage, you're just getting into trouble. Um, he's going to basically, basically, the main character is going to be getting shot by the tank. That's what it's looking like. It looks awesome. Um, that's the first one I'm doing. Um, I may do a whole new world because that was from the first year, even though it's digital only, but, Mm -hmm. um, those are going to be available. I don't know if I'm going to make them available as a tier. It just depends on how much craziness we have involved with the Kickstarter because we already have the, the, um, collector, the, the collector's, um, arcade, the arcade, the actual mini arcade. Uh, we also have the Switch game box that i'm creating by hand hand varnishing and 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 uh staining and it's a little treasure box that fits switch games Mm -hmm. Um, my wife didn't realize how many switch games i had till i like because i i went and re uh public replenished my because i had that video games collector's binder Mm -hmm. for the switch and i have both sides are full and so i had to like replenish and change out games that are in my top and i like poured out my collector's um box and she's like holy cow she had her <laughs> eyes cuz i probably could fill like another one and a half of those the, the 80 ones it's, it's <laughs> cuz i cuz like how i collect as as i've mentioned before is i don't put any of my collector's editions out except for a couple um and then i put all of my switch cases i take them all out of the collector's editions and put them in a drawer like all together, and then all of the cartridges go into that video games c- carrier, and then my collector's box, so they're all accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just wondering, my daughter probably lost one or something. I bet she did. <laughs> um, but yeah, I gotta 
And the thing is, so so today I actually um, changed around my display. I haven't posted any pictures of it yet, but I got rid of the East Asia Soft Collectors Editions because I only have one shelf down in the living room that my wife mm-hmm. will authorize me to have displayed. <laughs> um, so that's why I can't have all my games out there. And eventually I'm going to have all the Switch games displayed, rental store style. It's going to be awesome. But um, so I got rid of all the East Asia Softs. And now I have, because I got bloodstained, I have all of my retro style collection boxes on the display. So, and a few others. So I have Undertale and um, Hollow Knight. And I have the Hollow Knight plushie plus the collector's edition right there on the sides. And then I have Bloodstained, Toejam, and Earl, and um, Iconoclasts. Um, all of those displayed. So I have like Super Nintendo box, NES box, the Genesis. So it's like the best of the retro style right now. I like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then, and then I have the arcade sitting there, which is kind of right in front of the plushie. Um, and then my treasure chest that's in front that sits perfectly in the um the Tate mode flip grip, the Switch flip grip that they released. Um. I, I'm I'm sure you have one of those, JP. Um, the flip grip, though, absolutely. Yeah. So the collector's treasure chest that I'm I'm releasing with the Switch collector fits in that perfectly. So it fits right on my oh, display. Nice. Yeah, I didn't even plan that, and it works flawlessly, and it looks awesome just sitting in there. Um, so it's a way to display the the box within the flip grip just to put it in there. And then of course the card that goes with the flip grip to use as like a little stand that has instructions that, that fits perfectly inside the uh, little collector's case too. Um, and then I have like a pokeball and like a few cartridges that my daughter plays like all the time, like Mario Kart and stuff like that mm-hmm. sitting out waiting for my daughter to play at all times. <laughs> so, um, Let's see here. I th- I would say that's about. Is there anything else that we need to go over? Um, there's it. one thing I there's one thing I want to talk about that's not necessarily Switch related, but it's something big that happened in the video game community. Sure. And I'm sure you saw it too. It's it's a sad topic, but I think it's important to address it. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me just pull it up really quick. But talking about one of our gamer buddies that uh, passed away recently. Yeah. Yeah. So I I wanted to say it correctly, or say everything correctly, and I'm just trying to pull up the information. Um, But okay, so for those who don't know, uh, his name is Desmond Amofa. He's a popular YouTube personality known as Etika, um, who disappeared, I believe, on June 20th, and unfortunately um, was pronounced dead. Uh, The police found him in the East River, so this was in New York, and they ruled it a suicide. Um, So I... I'll be the first one to say, like, I, I wasn't following him. I Mm-mm. I don't know all the history, just only what I've been reading and what people have been posting um, really since yesterday. But, you know, he was suffering from uh, mental health illnesses. He's That's de- very depression and things like that. Yeah. And, um, he's from the East Coast, and I met him at Too Many Games a few years back. Really cool dude. Um, didn't really know him. Didn't really talk to him more than just a casual shooting the shit about games and all that. And um, I don't think I ever caught his content, which is unfortunate because yeah. 
Yeah, but I mean, he was he was a really nice dude. Always had he had that kitten play haircut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had, the, had that flat top. Um, I know I saw a picture of, and here was the thing I didn't know about the um the story. And I saw a picture of Rob Steiner I mentioned and um, Square Painter, uh, who does all the pixel paintings on canvas. And um, they had a picture with him, and I'm like, man, why are they posting with him? I thought it was just from too many games. Mm-hmm. And then I found out he passed away. I'm like, oh. That's heavy. Like, yeah. ugh, hopefully, him, his family is is all right. And I know um, a few people are doing some um, fundraisers and things for mental health awareness. Yes, I and I did want to. I did want to talk about one that I saw um, that I think is great. But um, before I get into that, so off the New York Times articles where I was just reading some of this information. One thing that I. I know a lot of people have been posting recently, and I just we just want to reiterate it. But if you or someone you care about is struggling, please know you're not alone. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is available, 800-273-8255. Or you can go to the, to the web at befrienders.org. It's very important. Please, if anyone is suffering or having a hard time, talk. People will listen. You know, everybody... Your friends, your family are there for you. The, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is there for you. You know, don't keep it to yourself if you can, because um, there's a lot of people that care about you. So I think it's just very important to reiterate that, because a lot of times, you know, I think we go about our day and we don't necessarily think about the serious impact that this has, um, just not only on the person but on, on their loved ones as well. So, yep. you know, I've I've had I've had a a close friend when I was in grad school, um, and it was very, very sad, but, you know, he, he committed suicide, and this was right after we came back from a trip. We were in our second year of school. You know, he got along with everybody perfectly fine, and it was sad because his personality changed one day, and nobody knew what happened, and then all of a sudden he went missing for about two weeks, and then they found him, and, you know, we, we didn't look at the signs, and, you know, I, I wish, you know, I was friends with him. You know, we hung out, we talked a lot, we worked on projects together. And I wish I had said something or just asked him, you know, why things were different. So, you know, it, it touches a lot of people in, in different ways. Um, and it's, it's sad what happened. Um, so I did want to say, you know, you mentioned that a lot of companies and people are, are running um, uh, fundraisers. And I, I just want to point out one that I saw, which was from Super Rare Games. So George Perkins, who runs Super Rare Games, actually talked about on, on Twitter about um, his depression and uh-huh. where he was at, at one point in his life. And, you know, running this company and then interacting with the video game community turned that around for him, he said. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. But he said that for the next seven days, they're running, they're, they want to raise money for better mental health. So they're, all their proceeds from the T-shirt sales that they, they have are going to go directly to Mind, which is a charity. Um, organization, they will not be making any money. So Super Rare Games will not be making any profit on this. It's all going to go towards them. Um, so I shared it on Twitter. I want to share it on here. Um, but just go to Super Rare Games' Twitter page, and you can get all the information there. I think it's a great great cause that they're doing. Um, so I just want to, to share that. Yep. Um, awesome, and as always, like... We got to end on a high note, JP. Yes, I know. I'm sorry. So, but. <laughs> so let's flip it around. Um, sure, sure. It's fine, though, but we definitely needed to mention that. Um, so 
let's go ahead. Um, I did have an update with one of the conventions I'm going to, um, so we can maybe end on a high note. Um, sure. So, Classic Game Fest, I'm actually now going to be doing a panel. Um, I'll be doing a panel with uh, another gaming author, uh, Brent Wise. Um, he's an old school writer. Uh, he's done lots of different books back in the day, and now he just released uh, his version of a Super Nintendo uh, series. And he did two different books that cover the entire U.S. library within two volumes, and they're huge. They're awesomely big books. Um, and I contributed to a few of the reviews too. Uh, but we're going to be doing a a dual panel that's basically going to be a writer creators panel about creating physical content uh in a digital era and how we've been successful at you know getting out there and getting our ideas out there so it's going to be a super cool one at classic game fest it's at the end of july over Mm -hmm. in austin texas um so it's going to be super super fun to do and um, so that's the update with conventions. Of course, like the week after that, I'm going to Game On Expo in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, and I'm going to be doing a panel on the Nintendo Switch uh, with YouTuber Nerdy Nick. Uh, he nice. is like a huge bodybuilder dude, but he does Let's Plays and loves the Switch too. So I'm going to get his perspective as a modern gamer on mm-hmm. the Switch and retro collecting and all that. So those will be back to back conventions, which will be super fun. That'll keep um, you busy for a while. Oh, yeah. It's always, <laughs> always cool. I always like to try to get my latest book releases, but. I want to say that we need to shoot for a Switch Collector release this fall. And fall is coming. It's coming fast. So, Mm -hmm. like, I would like to, now that uh, Retro World Expo is happening out in Connecticut um, and Hartford, uh, Mm -hmm. I need to get JP out there somehow. I'll probably pull him away from his... (laughs) youtube that one interneting that one may be doable um but we need to be like launched or launch at retro world expo we need to yes. be like launched during it or because i've done convention launches and it's awesome i've had the whole convention counting down five four and we get launched <laughs> and everything it was like i did a, a launch at let's play for the super nintendo the complete snes book it was awesome let's play in plano texas it was oh awesome cool i launched my first nes one in conjunction with too many games back in the day like five years mm-hmm. ago or whatever <laughs> like it was like i love doing convention launches so we may have to do that so stay tuned for more um so where can everybody find us jp i am at higginsalley.com where you find this playcast where you can download it um it also pops up in the rss feed which hits any of the podcast apps like apple podcasts where you should leave us a definitely a, a, a written review so that way more people can find us um yes, please. also this will go up on youtube uh, unedited typically, uh, which is much easier. Eventually, I'll start adding some gameplay and stuff uh, mm-hmm. as I get time, which we never have time. Uh, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, eventually that would be cool. Um, but that's where I'm at. I'm on all social media platforms as Hagen's Alley. I think Instagram, I'm the subcon three for some reason still. But mm-hmm. yeah, Hagen's Alley is where I'm at. What about you, JP? Where you sure. have your reviews. Yes. Do you like reviews? Do you like to know what's coming out each week? Then head on over to jpswitchmania.com. That's where all that information is. 
if you want to be kept in the loop by the minute of all new Nintendo Switch announcements, physical releases, you know, an easy way to see what new reviews are popping up, all that good jazz, go on Twitter. It's JP Switch Mania. I'm on there 25-7, so I try not to miss any Switch announcement that happens worldwide. Mm -hmm. What would you say? I said, or sleep. You trying to miss anything? Or sleep. Or sleep. (laughs) And then, of course, YouTube, we do uh, unboxings of collector edition games for the Switch. So that's JP Switch Mania. And then Instagram is JP Switch Mania, where we just post cool pictures of of Nintendo Switch releases and what's coming in and, and all that jazz. And, of course, this Playcast. So, yeah, I would just like to say that if you go onto Twitter, I'm running two contests right now. So if you like to win free stuff, I love to run contests with developers, publishers, and just other people in the community. Right now I'm running a contest that ends on Thursday with East Asia Soft and Play Asia. We're going to be giving away a copy of their Unepic 1.0. I'm sorry, Ghost 1.0 plus Unepic Limited Edition Collector Edition. So win a free copy there. And also... I'm running a second contest that ends on Friday where you can win a digital code for Bloodstained Curse of the Moon and Ritual of the Night. So you hear us talking about these games, and if you didn't want to get it physically, well, maybe you can win it digitally. So Twitter, head on over there. Perfect. Oh, thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next time. See you soon.